0: Hey, Gravity Lift fam, we have a big favor to ask of you. Please head over to iTunes, look up the Gravity Lift podcast, subscribe, rate, and review.
1: Five stars would be awesome if you are a fan of the podcast. And if you are looking for other ways to support, we have a Patreon page, which is a simple way for you to contribute to the creation of all things Gravity Lift. In exchange, you'll receive some fun perks as well as our humble gratitude. And it's really just a way for us to continue creating new and informative content.
0: If you'd like to learn more, head to patreon.com slash gravity underscore lift. Is this thing on? Can you hear me?
1: Welcome to the Gravity Lift Podcast, a mostly entertaining and at times informative place where we get to chat about all the things we love.
0: Music and festival life, yoga and wellness, travel and adventure. We are your hosts, Jordan and Antonella.
1: So, if you had one method of ingesting marijuana, which would your favorite be? Like edibles or. Uh, a volcano or a vaporizer pen or just uh, a bong rip
0: probably my first pick would be just a good old fashioned bong rip but time place convenience there's definitely a wonderful convenience about being able to have a pen in my pocket or in my purse and be able to pull it out at random times and not have to have the whole contraption but i would say like my most enjoyable way of ingesting less on the convenient the mommy convenience brain and more on the just like pleasure treat yourself sitting in my bed with a bong
1: <laughs> yeah mine mine definitely was always was blunts mm. and I miss blunts a lot but I totally agree a nice little a nice little bong rip seems to do the key for what I like and a lot of people have gotten into several different things the pen is that convenience level you can go to a store now and buy a pen and just have it on you all the time pretty mm. much um never have to deal with lighting anything or really you just press a button mm-hmm. but i feel like i get higher i don't i guess i guess i don't get that high off a of pen i get higher if i smoke out of a bong than definitely if I take well a pen. and
0: i guess that's a good thing because if it is very convenient to have out yeah. and about it's probably better to be kind of lower dosing yourself than yeah. walking around with a Bong in your backpack, or go the other (laughs) route
1: and walk around with a dab rig in your backpack, and then just take a fatty dab hit in the middle of a public place. Yeah,
0: that wouldn't that wouldn't go well for me.
1: So I wonder what the difference is on why smoking out of a pen gets you less high than smoking out of a dab rig when if you're like smoking the same oil. It's probably just the amount. If you're smoking out of like yeah, it's
0: just way less concentrated.
1: Yeah. Well, it's the same level of concentrate. I guess you're just not per per. Yeah. It's like the difference between taking a tiny little snap of greens versus mm-hmm. like lighting the whole bowl. I feel like that's what like a, a dab hit is like. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. an entire bowl in one hit and you're like. Oh, oh.
0: That's a good comparison.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of dab kings, uh, we had Dab Co on the podcast. Yeah. Today. Our
0: first famous Instagrammer <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast.
1: Yeah. So Corbin uh, is a buddy of mine and. We go several years back and both share a love of all things marijuana, and he currently is an extractor, and so he brought us a couple little goodies over there.
0: Yeah, I'm glad we had the goodies towards the end of the podcast, because yeah. we got a lot of the more technical, informational aspect uh, out of the way while yeah, we We're, we're learning on that. We're, <laughs> we're
1: not like a come and everybody gets stoned before the podcast, no. but if there's somebody who's weed-related, we're like, yeah, let's talk for a bit, and, and then we'll then get we'll- to that. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: We'll bring out whatever the goods are
0: and it was cool to hear about his company how fast they're growing and where they want to go with it and just to hear him evolve from a stoner a casual stoner to uh basically an art collector uh (laughs) and now into a co-owner of a blossoming business so it was really cool i had no idea he was that deep in the game yeah yeah i did cool
1: yeah that's why i wanted to have him on and I just keep looking over at this little diamond that he left us. this like 99.9% THC crystal um, along with some live resin CBD pen. So I'm really excited to uh, test the two of these out on my rare smoking days.
0: Yeah, I just feel like now I'm going to be so picky (laughs) when you have that like clean pure i've been picky since
1: day one it's a good way to be yeah uh well i would say corbin is definitely a connoisseur and he is very picky about his high quality i love that um so yeah i'll let uh let him educate you a bit more on the complexities of oil extraction
0: dope (laughs) so um we've started i think last season we started we've done this is our third season by the way so we've done quite a few now Mm -hmm. but last season we started off with asking every guest to come up with a safe word um mostly because you who knows where we'll end up like we go down all different territory and sometimes there's something work related that you realize you don't really shouldn't have out there or family or just too personal and so you can just throw out your safe word so do you have Mm -hmm. something that springs to mind
2: uh hmm. i don't know
0: (laughs) most people pick a food um
1: how about sushi oh there
0: you go (laughs) inspired by jordan himself how I'm was gonna your say
1: sushi and then I'm gonna be like, what? <laughs> I'm hungry.
0: <laughs> How is your grocery store sushi?
1: I mean it's good. Yeah. Whole foods they do all right. It's a little overpriced, but for ten bucks <coughs> for a single roll of sushi, you're like, what? I guess I
0: trust the Whole Foods sushi over like Albertson's or Safeway sushi. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Do you do you raw fish? I do not. You don't. I'm
2: not really a seafood fan at all.
0: Oh, even cooked. Not really.
2: Is that why that's
1: your safe word?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes like, sense. Sushi. I, I would never say that in real life. So this must be an extraordinary circumstance. Yeah, no. What do you eat? Are you a foodie? Uh, not
2: really. Although working in downtown Seattle, I do have uh, obviously lots of. Good stuff that I can get delivered for work. So,
0: yeah, that's <laughs> and, true. I'm
2: Uber Eats uh, aficionado.
0: Do they give me like uh, reward points or something if you use I them? I think I
2: just saw an email the other day that it is. They're starting that. So they I'm should. Like, oh, nice. Yeah, the amount of money I spend on there. And I'd hope I can start.
0: What's your favorite delivery so far down that, in that uh, area? We don't really have like, that, the awesome yeah. opportunities for Uber Eats out on the east side. So, yeah, I'm not, curious not what your favorite is there. I
2: get uh, marinade a lot. It's like mm. a Hawaiian restaurant on Elkai Beach. I've
0: seen their it's their truck. Good. Yeah, it's good.
2: Yeah, they have a food truck, too. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah, I love that place. Yum. So yeah, it's just a bunch what? of marinated meat, basically. Hawaii, oh, like Hawaiian-style Hawaiian
2: barbecue kind of stuff. Yum. Like chicken katsu and, you know, fried rice and you know, loco moco, you know, that kind of stuff. Yum. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, I
1: feel like I always see snaps of <laughs> you and Gene <Jean> going to <laughs> random places in <and> Renton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we just recently had like, it was funny, for quite a while at, at our
2: house, we had like, there was like two or three restaurants that we could get delivered because we're in the middle of nowhere. And they just recently added like 30 restaurants. Oh, shit. So now it's like every night. like hey.
0: <laughs> Nice. Yeah,
2: it's
3: not. Nice. <laughs> it gets expensive. It's extremely expensive.
0: My, uh, one of my family's restaurants is actually kind of over by you guys. Oh, yeah. Vince's, it? Vince's oh. Italian restaurant. It's been that there for like really 60 years now. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> actually,
1: we stopped there once. Like, I don't know if it was on the way to your house or on the way back yeah, or something. Yeah. We nice. forgot a
0: water bottle or something. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I forget shit everywhere.
0: <laughs> no, we're just those weirdos that walk around with water bottles everywhere we go. So of course the odds are you're going
1: to end up forgetting it. I can't get thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> Got to stay hydrated. (laughs) Nice. All right. Well, Corbin, thank you for joining us. So, uh, yeah, I kind of wanted to get into your work and what you do and then we'll kind of take it back a little bit further. But so what exactly would you say your position is? Like if you had a business card, what would it say?
2: Uh, I'm a part owner of Emerald city cultivation or ECC. Sweet. My, uh, daily tasks typically include running the hydrocarbon extraction lab though so that's definitely why they hired me on originally and i worked myself into having some ownership in the company as well
1: nice yeah Yeah, because you've done a lot of different things now over the years in various different realms of the extraction business yep (laughs) yeah so that just started in your house like you didn't have any experience yeah
2: pretty much started in the backyard like a (laughs) like a lot of people do yeah um you know back when medical marijuana was still a thing in washington it was uh you know something that i became very interested in just because it got to a point where just smoking weed wasn't quite cutting it. So I was like, all right, let's see what's up with the, the concentrates and dabbing and see where that, you know, kind of world takes me. And it was very intriguing. You know, just the process of making it itself and just, uh, consuming it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, something that I really enjoyed and I just wanted to, you know, put some more effort into learning how to, you know, scale it up and do it the right way. And by the time weed became legal, I kind of had gotten there, so it was a good opportunity to jump in.
0: <laughs> now, that's so crazy in my brain. <laughs> so, would you ever have thought that that's what your business card would say? Like, like oh, go no. back fi- three <laughs> no. years, five years, yeah. ten years. Like, Would you have ever thought that you'd be part yeah. owner in something t- to that extent that's legal? Absolutely not. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah.
2: No, even when we became legal... Um, even at that point, I was still. Well, it seems kind of crazy. I was one of those people that was kind of against it, you know, because yeah. it it did take away from the, the black market aspect of things and uh, really changed the industry a lot. And mm-hmm. It was no longer something that you could just do in your backyard; <laughs> something that you had to do in a, a regulated environment. And it was uh, so you were a, big a little
0: resistant to the regulation. What what changed your mind? Uh,
2: really just getting the opportunity to get involved in it. And once I did, I realized, you know, holy crap, the the medical market, quote unquote, you know, was kind (laughs) of shady. There's some people that were doing it right, but a lot of people that were doing it wrong and, uh, bringing it kind of into the light and having everything be legal and having standards and testing requirements really kind of brought out the people that were doing it wrong and, you know, allows the people that
1: do it right to succeed. So... (laughs) Nice. Do you remember how you first got into concentrates?
2: Um, God, it was probably just after high school. One of my friends showed me. He's like, "Yeah, man, it's it's real easy. We can make this like butane hash oil. Have you ever heard of that?" Like, no, man, I've never <laughs> heard of that. I've heard of bubble hash and keef and stuff, but what, what are you talking about? And uh, so like, yeah, it's real easy. We we just need to get a stainless steel turkey baster and a, a can of lighter, you know, butane like what the hell are you talking about it's it's easy trust me we load this weed into this little metal tube take it in the backyard spray a can of you know lighter fluid butane through it and there you have it there's some some honey oil (laughs) you know we purged it on the the oven and scraped it up and smoked it and that was the, the first time that i'd really ever even heard of you know concentrates and that was before people were really even dabbing or consuming you know oil in the, the way that it should be you know. mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah because i remember <clears throat> well so i guess did you learn about that before or after thanksgiving started it was around the same time because i went because when i was in school down in california like i remember smoking with curtis and mm-hmm. And his friend had one of those little like bells with like the aluminum plate or whatever the fuck it was underneath (laughs) it. I don't know if it was aluminum or not. Titanium. Probably titanium. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, and I remember smoking that and being like, whoa, that's like whole next level. Yeah. And I don't remember if it was before or after that, but I went to Harborside and I got, yeah. Uh, I think it was just some scissor hash and, or was it like, it was scissor keef, I guess. And then something else, I don't remember yeah. what. It was like some sort of yeah. oil thing. And I remember bringing those back. And I don't know, I don't think that was the first Thanksgiving. I think it was. Was It's it? funny
2: that you bring that up because on my way over here, I was thinking about that. I was like, God, now that I think about it, one of the first times I tried like Oil, I think, was some stuff that Goff brought over the yeah. Goff from Harborside. And, uh, so yeah, it was right around the same time that I had just started really learning about you know what concentrates even really were. Yeah, I remember <laughs> we
1: had some crazy cool conversation, and then I had to head back to school, and I just still had all this leftover <laughs> stuff, and I was like, yeah. hey, carbs, you want it? <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, I remember that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've always loved that, like watching your instagram blow up because like <laughs> yeah. instagram's a, a weird world that's but weird. like <laughs> <laughs> to see instagram work in the way it has for you yeah like yeah. Uh, for people that don't know you can follow dabco on instagram yeah, uh cool. it's always been super fun watching <laughs> like all the different pieces that you've had right. all the different oils that you've gone through yeah um absolutely. And that was,
2: you know, one of the big reasons I first got on Instagram. I was like, oh man, I can search for, you know, cool bongs and see what everyone else has got. Like, you know, I started collecting myself. I'll start posting some pictures of them. And, you know, oh, now I'm starting to make some oil. I guess I'll start posting some pictures of that. And before I knew it, you know, I was like, man, people are apparently pretty interested in seeing cool bongs and dabs.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Do you think the the rise of having some, whatever it's called, popularity on Instagram kind of inspired you to continue in the the weed? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, still to this day, I get...
2: People that send me messages like, man, I just bought, you know, this awesome oil from ECC in the stores. It's so cool to see, man. I, I remember, you know, following you back in the day when you were still blasting in your backyard and <laughs> buying, you know, the, the Kimbo Kush shatter, man. I'll never forget the Kimbo Kush. And it's like, man, I remember that one too. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. It's a long ways for sure.
1: So. Yeah. I remember going up to your Birch Bay spot and the first time you showed me rosin and yeah. you were like, yeah, I literally just like <laughs> pressed this out myself. I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Because I remember there was all this controversy around butane, and so I, I definitely want to get into some of that of you talking about regulations and how that's important and whatnot. Oh, but yeah, okay. I remember seeing that for the first time and be like, "Oh, so there's no like random product being smashed through it. You literally <laughs> just have a little bit <laughs> yep. of heat and a lot of pressure, yep. and you've just got delicious." Right. Rosin. Yeah, that was
2: definitely interesting when that you know process kind of came to light, and everyone was like, "Wow, we could have just been doing this the whole time." Like. <laughs> Fucking put the weed in the hair straightener and you get some oil that you can dab. That's a lot easier than, you know, blasting it out with a flammable gas. And yeah. <laughs>
1: kind
2: of is, it and yeah.
1: Is the rosin, like, is it less concentrated? Like, do you lose more THC than you would if you blow it out or is it it's pretty just, much same? It's not
2: as pure of a product. I mean, while it's okay. obviously free of any residual solvents cuz nothing like that is used. You're still getting more of the the plant matter okay. from the weed itself, the the waxes that are in it, the lipids that are in there, the chlorophyll, things like that. The the hydrocarbon process like you know making with butane, you are able to prevent the pickup of a lot of those kind of contaminants or things okay.
1: like that. So. But with the butane you still get like the terpenes and everything from it. Yeah. And
2: that's the other thing is you typically with butane, you're getting a better terpene retention. You're able to pull more of those flavors out without degrading them. Uh, With rosin, the big thing is heat and terpenes are obviously very sensitive to temperature. So the, the colder, the better for the whole process from, you know, extracting it to curing it or, you know, getting it ready like that
1: so. yeah so is heat almost then like the exact inverse of cool like you can if you freeze it to a certain temperature it does the same thing as if you heated it
2: um by doing things colder that's what really helps to prevent the pickup of those unwanted things like yeah like that rosin gets
1: because yeah. i see you post stuff about lots of dry ice and we yeah. have fun experiences <laughs> with dry ice that yep. go beyond that but <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, so no, a big a big part of the, like,
2: extraction process is keeping all of the gases and the material itself extremely cold. So we have dedicated uh, chillers that, you know, are running to the machine to basically keep everything as cold as possible. You know, we sometimes see temperatures as low as, you know,
1: minus 80 degrees Fahrenheit, which is as cold as dry ice. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So, with that yeah. extraction process, are you what like solvent are you using then to pull everything out? Uh, we use butane and propane. It's a blend, the okay. blend of the two. Okay. Each, so you, each you each still went uh, back to that process. You guys just yep. kind of like perfected that process. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um. So yeah the the science behind it, and I guess. The science behind it is super interesting, but I kind of want to blend the two of the science and the regulation because you mentioned Mm -hmm. now that things are, I guess, legal in certain states. It's not fully federally legal, but it's still legal enough that you and I can go to the store and pick up weeds. So crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's pretty crazy to think about that that's <laughs> really something. When I remember when we were in high school just like, oh yeah, let me hit up my weed dealer. <laughs> yeah. And then you become best friends with your weed dealer. Right.
0: <laughs> and I mean, you didn't do that cuz that would have been illegal. Oh yeah. You were a good kid. Oh yeah. yeah
1: he, well, was a, he was a medical patient. Oh, that's
0: true. <laughs> he was, he you were a med- medical. He was actually Later. a legit
1: medical medical <laughs> patient. Oh, uh but yeah, I guess I guess we'll keep going back before we get into kind of the weeds with that other stuff. Um, so I'm pretty sure I would have met you through Brett. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was just trying to think of where to go back behind that because I, I wasn't sure if you and I had like met anywhere before that, but I'm pretty sure it was no. like... Was it that Thanksgiving night? I think that, that was the, the first time. Yeah. Met, yeah.
0: So you would have been in college. Are you guys similar age?
2: I'm a little younger.
1: 28.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. And did you grow up around here? Where'd you go to high school?
2: Yeah, I went to Issaquah High School and Tahoma High School. Well.
0: Issaquah. Mm-hmm, so. yeah. I'm an Issaquah graduate nice. as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, I graduated from Tahoma High School, which is in Maple Valley. Oh, okay. I moved out there halfway through high school. Nice.
0: So, so.
1: My cousin went to Tahoma. He's two years older though, okay. so he might have been. Um. Yeah, and so I guess those Thanksgivings, those have evolved in a yeah. crazy <laughs> manner. What started is just like hanging out at your house, eating a bunch of food with yeah. edibles in them. Turning- well, the, the funny
2: thing is the first one was spontaneous. We didn't plan it. It was just like, oh my... One of my friends can get this weed leaves and we can make some weed butter. And then, oh, I actually have a, a frozen turkey in the freezer right now. And we can just run and get some potatoes, some stuff. Let's just do it
0: right now. <laughs> Go get the weed. Yeah, we were all home from college. <laughs> yeah, or at least I was back. home from
1: college yeah. for Thanksgiving break. And yeah. it was just like, let's hang out and do yeah. this.
0: And now there's specific instructions and in <coughs> mapped out
1: well yeah now, dosages now... and
0: i sit in the corner and watch tom <laughs> like oh fuck
2: <laughs> yeah 10 years later you know i've got obviously a better understanding of mm-hmm. the uh how to appropriately dose the, the gravy or the sauce or, yeah. or whatever after years <laughs> of trial and error yeah. and lots of error yeah. on multiple people's uh, parts it was, mine included i'd say for the first six years there was pretty much a guarantee that at least one person would get too high and throw up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was me one year. <laughs> yeah. I, I recall that year. I
0: wasn't there, but I was getting the, yeah. Yeah. Was getting the text yeah. messages of like, time. holy <laughs> fuck. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so then you basically, we the, before the whole idea was like, let's just put weed in everything. And we were like right. <laughs> 22, 25-year-olds being like, let's just get stoned. <laughs> yeah. And then we are all kind of like, whoa, oh. like... If we're going to do this annually, we better like <laughs> yeah. check ourselves for a second. <laughs>
2: yeah, right. I'm going to scare some of you guys away if we do like yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and then you basically just started doing. You would put a certain measured amount in right. gravy, yeah. and then from there we would decide. That way,
2: I can say, All right, guys, one spoonful is, is enough.
0: <laughs> the problem is, people love gravy, and yeah. so they're like, I want more he gravy. You made two
1: types I did of gravy. Not,
2: yeah. Oh, okay. I did have two types, but I also did that on purpose. I still want to see people, you know, take it yeah. a little too far. So yeah, get a little sick enjoyment out of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're a and it's
1: entertained by it. Yeah. It's the crazy, too. Like, do you feel like you can even entertain that many people at your house? anymore like no, it's gotten to a point where it's it's just madness i don't think you've like. scared people away i think every
0: <laughs> yeah, time i have no. gone it's like <laughs> doubling inside i'm wondering
1: it's, if we could like i don't know if it's worth it but like to convince enough people to like try to get together to go out to some spot to rent some place yeah i
2: had that thought this year because as i was shuffling through the house or trying to like man there's like Thirty-five people. This yeah. house cannot handle. thirty five yeah. Well, if we all rented
0: a house, like not very, you know, somewhere yeah, that's local, oh, maybe some go do, do an Airbnb, Airbnb <laughs> yeah. and then nobody can go anywhere. Everybody yeah. just stays a night. And yeah, and, exactly. and honestly, your puppet master skills might be enhanced because if no one is going anywhere, they might be more likely to yeah. be like, "All right, Corbin, <laughs> I'll have more gravy." Yeah.
1: yeah I'll have and also, it also separates the. Uh, the plant matter from the the hash oil, when you try just mean in terms of people, like the yeah. people that like kind of want to be there, but yeah, like I can't right. make it. Like this year yeah. we couldn't make it because we had other stuff going on. Yeah. That's the thing. You can't, yeah. can't always deal with everyone's work. schedules, but yeah. like if you like actually plan one yeah. of
2: those. So I think the only person that's been to every single Thanksgiving is Brett Tata. Yeah. Oh.
1: yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I held that for a while, and then it
1: was just like, oh,
0: yeah. But I, I, I remember last Thanksgiving, I sat across from Brett Tata, and he was like. Buck that gravy! And he <laughs> yeah. like had the tiniest bit. He's like, I don't. I'm doing yeah. this much, and it was oh, yeah. like the and I tiniest had to bit. Of that. Yeah, yeah. And Laurel was like, Yeah, we're uh, good.
1: Brett will be there, but yeah. he won't go hard.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, not with the edibles. And that's another reason why, like I said, I started to just do it in the gravies Is give people the option. There. All right, if you don't want to get super, yeah,
1: fine. Mm-hmm.
0: Just have some <laughs> well, turkey. Have some regular really turkey. Because <laughs> yeah.
1: you also just like created a space at Dabco, like. <laughs> your Instagram name is Dabco because right. your place is Dabco. <laughs> <Exactly>. Like it's <laughs> it's yeah. it's just the spot to be. And I remember so many times of just like rolling over and I'd roll over and there'd be like five or six dudes with just like the nicest pieces you've ever seen in your life all just sitting around smoking weed
0: (laughs) yeah and they all have those little dogs
1: a couple of them (laughs) little frenchies (laughs) i I was i was on that game when i was 20 years old i got a frenchie it's all about that life Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so that uh i don't know how much you want to you can kind of use your safe word anywhere you want to, but in terms of, uh, those pieces, like they evolved into a level where you had some pretty crazy stuff. So how did that kind of start? Like, give me a little bit of a breakdown of the whole mothership fiasco that arose. Yeah,
2: no, that's an interesting, uh, thing for sure. And it was a pretty wild, you know, uh, kind of hype scene to, to be a part of when it, it was what it was. Um, But no, I kind of first started getting into collecting those right around the same time that I started my Instagram page and started, you know, blasting a lot more oil in the medical market. And, you know, you get to a point where you have obviously some money built up that you can't necessarily use (laughs) for certain things. And, uh, you know, buying really cool bongs became a thing to do with that money. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. Little did I know that, you know, they would be things that I could buy and sell and actually make money off of. <laughs> and at the beginning, a lot of people didn't have any idea. And if you got in at the beginning when they were still cheap and you could get them directly from the, the
1: guys of the mothership. Because they're from Bellingham, right? Yep. Yep. They're mm. still from Bellingham. And so when you got your first mothership, were you already in Birch Bay or were you? No, no. I was okay. still still living down here.
2: This was probably in 2013 or 2014, I think. Um, but yeah, no, I started buying those things and, you know, because I had a kind of a reputation and a lot of people knew me, you know, it was really easy for me to buy them and sell them. You know, people knew that I wasn't going to rip them off. They knew who Dabco was and mm-hmm. knew that, you know, obviously there's nothing I could do. People, <laughs> everybody knows <laughs> <That was> me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would get these things. I'd, I'd come across a cool one and say, Oh, I can buy that one for five grand. Sweet smoke off of it for a few months or you know, whatever. Somebody will hit me up eventually. Hey, I want to buy that piece from you. It's not for sale. Come on. I really want to buy it. It's not for sale, man, but I don't know. I guess if you want to make an offer, you know, (laughs) and uh, just started to realize that with a lot of those pieces, there was so many people that wanted them and not a lot of people that had access to them.
1: Yeah. And Instagram was just like, you could sit and look at this bong yeah. all day. I remember yeah. looking at like the crushed <laughs> so opal beautiful. pieces. That, yeah. uh, pan- what was his name? Uh, Frank. Yeah. Frank. Yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> the ones that he had, It was <laughs> just like, yeah. dude, yeah. what? Yeah. No, totally. Those are absurd. Yeah. Uh,
2: um, <clears throat> so yeah, it was definitely very interesting. I other, there's just so many people that wanted them and, and nobody could really get them, but, you know, living in Washington and being so close to them and just knowing a few people through the medical market and all that, I, I had a pretty good connection to buy them and I really enjoyed just having them, you know, so I'd buy a couple inexpensive ones, sell them, you know, if somebody wanted them and then slowly just started kind of building the collection of the, the nice ones to just kind of sit on and see kind of where the market went and, you know, at a certain point I had four or five that all were probably worth Twenty to $30,000, you know, I didn't pay that much for him because I got them, <laughs> you know, at the right time from the mm-hmm. right people. And, um, yeah, eventually I kind of saw the, the market changing a little bit. People that were in the, the heady glass scene were wanting to buy pipes from other artists or they were just kind of moving on to different things, you know, just like with everything, hypes die off and, you know, the, the glass scene or the hype for that definitely started to sort of taper off and. Luckily, I was involved in it enough that I kind of saw that coming and I was able to sort of start selling stuff off, you know, at the right times.
0: So you found (laughs) yourself an art dealer out of nowhere. Pretty much, yeah. I I (laughs) appreciate this beautiful, fine art, this blown glass. I have the ability to see uh, the value in it before other people do. And I know how to cultivate this. Yeah. Collection and then distribute. That's crazy. The so yeah, crazy and, you're and an I got dealer. to get high off. That's band. what yeah. I was just <laughs> gonna say. Like it's not like these pieces. It's like
1: you buy it and you smoke out of, it and it degrades in value. No. Like yeah. nothing changes. Yeah, you so just, anything, they go up in value. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 like that's where I was asking about that Instagram like marketing almost thing. <laughs> yeah. Like you didn't plan it that way, but suddenly no, you're like, no. if I post myself smoking out of this bong, it like raises in price by a couple thousand <laughs> yeah. dollars. Like these <laughs> yeah. kids want it. But yeah. same
0: thing, he didn't. Know that he was going to become a co-owner of Emerald City Cultivation. Like you're just yeah. somehow opening yourself up to <laughs> right. opportunity, and right. you're like, "Oh, I'll be an art dealer for a few years. Oh, I'm going to be a co-owner in this company. Like, yeah. okay, cool." <laughs> I remember you
1: telling me about someone up. I think it was in Bellingham who like had all purple. Yeah, and you had your purple rain <laughs> yeah. and he was like, I want that. And you're yeah. like, it's not for sale. Yeah. He's like, I want that. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, make me an offer. Yeah. That was the first
2: like really expensive mothership piece that I bought. And I think I got that one for like $6,000. And at the time, obviously that was a lot. And, yeah. You know, less than a year later, I have this guy that's collecting all the purple ones. like, dude, I'll give you 16000 for it. Like, really <laughs> really <laughs> all right like come on over man i guess so <laughs> i guess i can't really say no to that like. <laughs> seriously so yeah i had a and there was a few pieces that i had that were like that was, i got them like i said at the right time for the right price and then mm. somebody just ends up having to have it <laughs> is there
0: anything that you're just like no i'm not selling that is there anything that's just too uh, too special for you
2: i mean at the end of the day they, i ended up selling them all oh wow mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean i have a couple of pieces now but nothing from you know back in those days
1: Crazy. So, i remember you saying something about you like had a nightmare one time that your your bong broke and you're like yeah. fuck it <laughs> i yeah. selling it yeah. too I'm much out.
2: attachment yeah. yeah
0: that's smart yeah
2: yeah and that was some, uh, at the time where I was really collecting those things, I was for the most part living by myself and I didn't have to worry about anyone touching it. I could leave it out on the counter and know that you know no one was going to bump into it or try to use it. you know. And then you started living uh, with Gene. But yeah, I moved back down <laughs> here and by the time I moved back, I had sold all of my pieces or basically sold and traded them all up into one mega piece mega. it was worth yeah. like Megatron. way too much um, it was it so was, beautiful it was an epic piece it was a mothership ftk it was like the slime green color that glowed under the black light it was it was badass but i just got to a point where it was just too stressful <laughs> to own
1: it so that's point
2: where it's like all right if this broke and I knew that I was not going to recuperate this money, it would be kind of
1: devastating. Like,
2: I think this is the, the time. to. Yeah. yeah. I got
1: to smoke out of that once, and that was when I went up there and smoked out of the rosin and ended up in the hospital seven years later. Yeah, I got
0: to take him to the emergency room a week later. <laughs> we'll,
1: we'll talk about that later. I, would, I definitely like, want to discuss some so, of that because you've kind of seen that whole progression in my life. Um, yeah. But I did kind of want to just touch on that, like, the the glass trade like yeah. still exists. I was talking to Gene about it, yeah. when we went to Jordan's it um, does. bachelor it's, party.
2: It's right now. I'd say it's more uh, an artist's market. People yeah. have kind of got to the point where like buying them secondhand is not really as as exciting, and people just want to contact the artist directly.
1: Is that because more it. people are making it? It's not just like mothership is the name, and yeah, because there's dad Like, I mean, I remember getting bongs down in california and i remember i got this inverted t bong down in california <laughs> yeah. if you remember that one yeah. and i i love that it was so cool and the dude at the shop was like blown away by it he's like this is amazing and he was <laughs> all about it yeah. and now you can literally buy the exact same bong you could buy a thousand of them and they're like super cheap right well, yeah. that kind of happened with yeah r- so dab rigs.
2: they're being mass produced in china now right? yeah. <laughs> you go to this website dhgate.com and they have every major glass blower there's a ripoff for it so you can wow. go onto this DHgate <laughs> website and buy a you know a mothership ftk for forty dollars oh. when a real ftk for mothership is you know forty thousand <laughs> dollars and obviously that's... they're they're nowhere near the same quality they're total crap the yeah. logos are painted on you know they're it's complete garbage but the crazy thing is on the websites, you know, they're legit. They show a picture of an actual mothership. Yeah. <laughs> and the, you know, logos that they do rip off and put on them are like identical. Maybe they're a sticker or they're painted on uh-huh. instead of, you know, flame polished. But, um, so yeah, now just all these artists are starting to get ripped off. And a lot of these people that don't see the difference in the values. Oh, why would I buy one for, you know, 2000 when I can get this one for 20? It's just It looks the same. Um. especially because a
3: lot of
1: kids just want to get high <laughs> exactly they don't they they're don't, not in it for the yeah. art yeah right they're also not in it for the the quality of the smoke right. yeah and uh yeah. that's definitely something i'm sure you've become a connoisseur of is like only smoking yeah the best or what you like the most totally yeah <laughs> um did you have anything babe
0: i was just curious if you ever dabble back with just straight up greens like a joint or yeah
2: it's funny you asked that recently uh so (laughs) right now our buddy lee he's got his camper parked in our driveway and he's posted (laughs) up there for a while and uh he came home the other night he's like dude remember our volcano vaporizer that we had like that we me you and another buddy went in on like 10 years ago It's like yeah. It's like, dude, I just got it back. (laughs) Like, shut up. The actual like the one that we bought ten years ago. It's like yeah, it still works and everything. Like bullshit. (laughs) So the past few weeks we've been just like hitting the volcano vaporizer like nonstop, and it's been really nice actually to go back to you know smoking. I've never tried that before. It's really you know it's a very enjoyable way to just vaporize the flower without having to combust it. You know Mm -hmm. it's much smoother and it tastes better and. The high from it is, you know, it's different than when you're just dabbing. Yeah. So it's, it's cool to have, you know. I, I enjoy being able to take a dab and go hit the volcano, go roll up a joint, whatever. It's nice to mix it up. You yeah.
1: Know? Yeah, if it's funny because it came at similar timing to Gene being like, I love greens again. Yeah. And just like smoke a right. joint all the time. you yeah. like, I'm so excited about these greens. Look what yeah. I just refound. And we're like, <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Cause people like me and Brett and I'm sure tons of other people that like never, like, I guess we'll say went off the dab deep end like yeah. you guys, which right. they're, there's nothing it's to not it. Not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I remember like we would come over to your guys' place after a show or something, and we'd end up there, and Brett would pull out his bong, and we'd load some greens, and we would just <laughs> smoking <laughs> greens. You guys, were like fuck you guys, we're smoking our <laughs> yeah. dabs. What are you yeah. doing? Yeah. Uh, it was always funny to yeah. smoke greens. Um,
2: yeah, no, I definitely went through phases where it was it was one or the other. You know, dabs only, dabs only, but. Definitely got to a point now where, like I said, I I enjoy being able to enjoy it in all its different forms, you know. Even with edibles, you know, Thanksgiving is super fun and I love to get ripped off of edibles on Thanksgiving. But usually I'm not, you know, too big on the edibles. I think I have a really low tolerance to them for whatever reason.
0: So has your tolerance (laughs) changed as you've gotten older? Not just on edibles, but just in general with dabbing? I would say so, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of at a point where... A lot of people always, oh, what do you like, sativa, indica? like, I just like whatever tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> the The flavor is really what I am at a point where I enjoy the most out of cannabis or mm-hmm. dabbing. And um, that's why a big reason that, you know, at ECC, the extraction product that we do is live resin. And it's like the highest terpene content uh, for all the different you know, ways of dabbing. So you get really the best, cleanest flavor. Um, sometimes the potency is not as high, but the, you know, entourage effect of the terpenes and how they, you know, interact with the THC is really what differentiates, you know, different highs and different strains. Mm. So.
1: Yeah, we had um, Will Hyde from the, he does the Leafly podcast, and so okay. I was talking to him about all that, and he was uh, very all about the necessity of cbd mm-hmm. or cbg or cbn or yep. cbx whatever you want connecting right. with the thc yeah. and then also involving the terpenes as being like the overall experience yep. and so he's very vocal on sativa or indica doesn't fucking matter exactly like it's literally just the plant composition and there are differences in sativa and indica but yep. it's all plant specific yep it's all just kind of one of those like find what you like and we kind of went down a little uh we spent the first half just kind of hanging and talking and then he busted out his dab rig and we uh (laughs) we kind of got pretty stoned and started talking (laughs) about some other stuff like how like marijuana cultivated us and (laughs) it's pretty funny uh but then we also talked about um like designer weed As like, you know how they've been talking about designer babies these days where they're like, oh, we figured out gene mapping and stuff and we can like, what is (laughs) it, CRISPR where they're like, you know, you can use this to take out a gene that would possibly cause, you know, autism or ulcerative colitis, which I have, like something like that. Yeah. And then apparently, again, in China, they're like unethically, according to a bunch of people, making, like starting these designer babies. Yeah. and That's creepy. Yeah. (laughs) Super creepy. Basically, like, do you want your baby to have blue eyes? All right, here's a gene. Like you can create them. Um, But it was interesting talking to Will about that on the science level. And he is a researcher and he plays with, you know, Rosin and some other stuff. And he really, he knows a lot, but he doesn't, you know, do it like you do it. Yeah. Um, But he was kind of talking about the science behind taking uh, multiple different strains. If you can, like, just fully extract the terpene content from, let's say, uh, like, G13. And then you can take another terpene content from another one, like, some kush. And then you can take, like, the THC from one and you can, like, take the CBG from another and start to, like, build together these molecules of, like, science weed. Yeah. Now, is that anything that you're interested in or is you, are you kind of just... Loving the ability to extract and have your hands in weed all the time.
2: Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's, that's a hard question to answer. I am more involved in, I would say, you know, if you look at it in the terms of like alcohol production and stuff, more like craft brewery, yeah, that type of thing where you're focused on just making a high quality traditional product. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, what I'm making is a pretty traditional. You know, extract or something to dab. I'm not going through a lot of crazy additional scientific processes to purify the cannabinoids, the terpenes. I'm I'm trying to take the highest quality cannabis plants, chop it down, harvest it, freeze it. Don't dry it. Freeze it. Blast it into live resin or BHO, and that is about it. the The oil itself will will do the science on its own. It'll crystallize. The terpenes will separate. If everything is there, (laughs) it'll do it. (laughs) Can Uh, you explain those
1: diamonds to me?
2: Yeah. So that's, once again, one of those things where you start with the right type of material and put it through the correct processes, and those crystals will just form naturally. You know, there's definitely environments and things we can do to, you know, aid in the growth of the crystals and to manipulate the size of them and the clarity and the number of facets and, you know, things like that. But ultimately, like I said, it a lot of it just comes down to really high quality cannabis and just the right parameters with your extraction machine and the oil that comes out will kind of naturally do what it wants to do. It'll
1: naturally crystallize and those diamonds will just grow. <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah yeah i saw you've started getting into are you gonna have some new products like are your pens out yet yeah so something? actually i brought a cartridge for you guys oh Sweet.
0: thank you so this
2: one's a a blend of uh, xj13 terpenes from a live resin run and then a uh a high cbd live resin so yes. it's the two mixed together
1: yeah i saw you've been posting about that lately yeah sweet well thank you very much it's, so it's beautiful and it's it's crazy because i remember back when i first started following your instagram and like getting like into this kind of stuff watching those videos where they would like take a mason jar of this and pour it over strawberries <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know right <laughs> it was just that kind of like instagram marketing yeah. like how do we make right. this look beautiful yeah right. um and now, like, you get to do that on a regular basis where yeah. you're just <laughs> filling mason jars and yeah. Pyrex dishes <laughs> yeah. with just, like, all these different kinds. Like The
0: color is beautiful. Yeah.
1: How yes. fun is that? Like, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I'm tired. It's a job. <laughs>
2: you know, well, yeah, you're a fucking but, hustler. But, but uh, no, it's, it's a great feeling to, you know, get to work in the morning and walk down the hall and open up the, the lab and, you know. See the machine all frosted over and just ready to start, you know,
1: producing ungodly amounts of
2: hash <laughs> oil,
1: you know? Um. Yeah, there, there's so much of it. And I was talking to Will about it and he was like, there's not really too much of a shelf life on this stuff. He's like, you, he's like, over time, the main thing that'll happen is like THC will po- possibly break down into more of a CBG yep. um, as it progresses. <laughs> But at that point, like, you know, okay, you got a little bit more yeah. stony couch lock. Right. But like, I can only imagine how many people are doing the same thing you're doing at the amount of content they're doing. Like, not a ton, yeah. but like that ungodly amount of oil, like, it can't all be getting bought immediately. Consumed, yeah. I mean, you know, we've built our brand and built our reputation
2: to a point where for us, it, it is. I mean, our, our biggest problem is just not having enough starting material enough cannabis to put in the machine i mean every batch we make is pretty much sold before i've even got the you know test results
0: on. seriously and so it's
2: you know it's a it's a good and bad position to be in because we're you know we're limited to do the sales that you know come from what we have you know yeah um so our, our big focus right now is trying to you know, partner with other large farms that already have the canopy of, you know, cannabis growing, but not necessarily a solution of what to do with it. Um, Yeah. Or, you know, trying to acquire one of our own so we can kind of just control it from start to finish. Because right now we have, you know, three very small grow rooms, you know, we could produce a few thousand grams a month you know it's nowhere near you know what we need (laughs) yeah so a lot of what we process is material that we outsource from other farms how much do
0: you need per month would you say how much what's the demand um
2: it's hard to say because we've never (laughs) been able to truly fulfill it (laughs) we've (laughs) yeah Um, how old is ecc uh, three years. My my Facebook memories just came up, and it says three years ago today. <laughs> Thank you, or for yesterday. Sure. Um, was my first, I was like, F- just finished my first week at ECC. Stoked nice. to be back at work after taking a year long
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> vacation. <Yeah>. Because <basically." laughs> was ECC like a startup that you kind of like joined right early on? Yep. That's my yep. thought. Yeah. So they had
2: the license, they had the grow started. And again,
1: you just knew y- your craft and yeah. someone needed someone that did that yeah. craft.
2: Yeah. And it was a super random connection on how I met them. Um, my mom, you know, she's had her hairstylist Vicki for as long as I've been alive, you know, so it's one of those <laughs> relationships between them where obviously they're best friends and, and Vicky knows everything about, you know, everything that I'm doing. Yeah. My mom tells her, you know, when she's getting her hair done, whatever. Um, and so this woman, Vicki knew someone who worked at ECC at the time and was like, yeah, I don't suppose, you know. Anyone that knows anything about like extraction for cannabis, so, you know, we just started this company up and and we want we're looking into doing it. She's like, "Oh my gosh, my client Elaine, her son, that's what she, that's what he does. Solid. I, I think he might be looking for a job. <laughs> Let me give you his number and so one day I get a text from her mom, "Hey, you're going to get a text from so and so about extractions." Yeah. Like what? Like, I don't. That's really all I know. I'm like, what are you talking about, Mom? Like, somebody that Vicky knows. I, I think they need an extractor. I'm like, okay, I'll talk to him. Cool. And sure enough, I got a call and you know set up a just a time to meet the guys and kind of see what they had going on. And I was very impressed with you know what they had accomplished so far in, in starting it. You know, they had, didn't have any sales yet; it was brand new, but they had the you know, the groundwork laid yeah, and, you know, the extraction was something that they wanted to do, but had no clue how to do it or, you know, what equipment was involved with that. And, uh, luckily that was where I came in and say, all right guys, if you can give me, you know, X amount of square feet and
1: a budget, I can, you know, I can get it going. Nice. That's (laughs) awesome. I I love that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, And I always, I like to consider myself as being somewhat in the know. Like, weed isn't my job. I can't really smoke, which, again, I want to kind of get into that conversation. Um, <laughs> you,
0: can, you can baby smoke. You yeah. just can't smoke like you I remember smoking.
1: I know. <laughs> uh, but so, like, obviously I'm not smoking tons of different strains. I'm not, like, at the the, the front lines of stuff going on, but I'm always yeah. curious and I'm always reading and I'm always following because yeah. I, I love that stuff. And uh, in... Our personal conversations or our personal groups you have uh, been vocal about things you like and you don't like <laughs> yeah. uh, and I don't need to elaborate on any of those but it's from what I can tell ECC seems to be like a good company of people that know what they're doing and are trying to put out good products and yep. you have researched your stuff enough that you know what you like because I feel like when it became legal it was a lot of businessmen that kind of seem to hop into this yep. and they all probably try to have their take on it and right. you know, doing their thing, but it yeah. seems like ECC.
2: Yeah. So that's the cool thing with ECC is we have the, the business side is covered with my you know, main partner, Brian. Um, and I have kind of the culture side of it covered. So I kind of, I know what the people want because <laughs> it's the same thing that I want, <laughs> you know, something good to smoke. Yeah. Um, so that's been really cool to have someone that I can rely on to, Take care of the real business side of things, and I can focus on just producing the best product possible. Work on R and D for creating new products and different types of stuff, and yeah, keep myself focused. You know, with the lab itself and keeping things rolling.
1: Because that's the R and D I was kind of asking about. Like, I know you know you're not going into like super cutting edge level of science to try to create designer weed, but like when you have all these different products, like how is your research and development going? Like, is there some times where you're just toying with stuff or is it a lot of like research beforehand because you barely have enough product. So you Mm -hmm. need to make sure you don't fuck it up.
2: Well, we've, (laughs) we've really put our, most of our focus into one product and that's the live resin. Okay. Um, last year when the, all the outdoor farms were being harvested, We worked a deal with a couple of outdoor farms in uh, Moses Lake, and they had four Tier 3 licenses. So Tier 3 is the biggest size, so 30,000 square feet, just shy of an acre. So basically four acres of cannabis, and we uh, talked these guys into freezing the whole harvest. One of the biggest issues with outdoor growers especially is the labor that it takes to take down a farm and where to dry it all. So we took out the drying aspect and basically set up five or six uh, 50-foot containers, freezer containers. Yeah. And a nitrogen blast tunnel freezer. And basically I said, all right, guys, harvest the weed off of the plants, run it down this conveyor belt. It's going to come out the other end, flash frozen at minus 150 degrees, load it up into bags, put it in these trailers. Um, So for the entire year, we had about, fifty thousand
1: pounds of fresh frozen cannabis to run through. Um, <laughs> can you just stop and like think about fifty thousand pounds yeah. as being a high schooler yeah. with like an ounce yeah. of weed and being like, dude, yeah. I got this fat sack. Because when somebody <laughs> had a
0: pound you were like floor, right? Yeah. Or like yeah. dude, somebody has a
1: garbage bag in their trunk. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember walking into a friend's dining room and just being those turning the corner and just seeing the dining room table. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what yeah.
2: the So this was six six to eight semi-drugs. shipping yeah. containers <laughs> yeah. full. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Ethic. we had obviously plenty of material throughout the right. year to do a lot of R and D and got it. You know, okay. We got 5,000 pounds of this strain. It's not going to hurt to take a couple hundred pounds to run it this way or run it that way. Um, we also you know, do a lot of processing for a lot of different farms. So we get to experience the differences of, okay, this person grew it indoors versus this was outdoors. Same strain. Let's see what the different results are like. Yeah, you know this grower grew this strain with an LED light, and this one did it with a high pressure sodium. Okay, let's see. You know what the differences are. So, just getting to run so many different strains and different batches, you just kind of inevitably end up with different R and D results. You know, there's so many different. You know, things about different strains and the way that they're grown that can really affect the, the way that concentrate comes out. Mm-hmm. So Do kinda... you ever
0: have, a, like, a take your friend to work day? Sure. I want to come see all yeah. of this. Yeah, Brett went yeah. and checked it out recently, I didn't he? I would love to yeah, see it. Yeah, you guys are welcome
2: anytime. It would be really uh, cool. You just it'd have to awesome. sign your name on the dotted line <laughs> and wear a visitor badge. <laughs> yeah. And... yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I
1: think be Don't bring really any cool weapons. <laughs> so this... This pen you gave us, that's the live resin, right? And so this live resin is like a very... I guess it's not super viscous. I thought it was a little bit more. That one's got, since it's got a lot of the CBD in it, it's a
2: little more stable. So the
1: CBD makes it more yeah. stable. Yeah. So I guess my question on the live resin is the live resin. The reason it's so popular for you is because you're just selling a ton of these pens or is there like,
2: no, we, the pens are going to be a new one for
1: us. We've, okay. we've done, that's something that we've been doing a lot of R and
2: D on for the yeah. past year. Actually, That
1: seems to be what everyone yeah. wants these yeah. days. If you're not a regular smoker yeah, to be absolutely. able to have a pen. Yeah. So, so
2: that's something we've been working on. It's, it's a risky business. You know, you deal with getting mass amounts of these, you know, disposable cartridges from China. Mm-hmm. You don't really know what the, you know, you order one thing and you don't really know what you're going to get until the container shows up <laughs> a month later. Yeah. Um, so it, it's kind of risky. You know, we, we've had to go through a lot of different manufacturers of cartridges to find one that works with the type of product that we want to put in it. Cause we're not trying to be like everyone else, you know, most Cartridges on the market are very high THC, fake flavors, Mm bubblegum, blue raspberry. I don't, I I want it to taste like weed. (laughs) That's that's one of the places that
1: you've been very vocal that I really appreciate because a lot of people are like, oh, well, it's like the terpenes make it taste like blue raspberry. I'm like, bullshit. And
2: the the terpenes do, but they're not terpenes from the cannabis plant. Okay. So that's my big thing is just, you know. If they're cannabis-derived terpenes, then, you know, that's the way to go. Yeah. (laughs) And there's a lot of different ways to do that. The way that we do it is kind of on the more simple side of the spectrum. You know, like I said, we're doing the live resin extraction, and it's basically the high terpene portion of the live resin is just a byproduct. Um, You end up with the crystals, and you end up with the sauce, and you can keep them together and sell it, you know, as a a dab like that, or you can separate them and sell— just the diamonds, so people can have big fat crystals in their yeah. jar, and then you can use those terpenes to, you know, blend into the vape pens to get different flavor profiles. So I think I need and, a, you know.
0: I think I need a vis- visual on that. Is that on your page? I'm assuming. Yeah. So was, the diamonds. Here's a diamond right here. Too oh, it's <laughs> well, yeah. even better. In those person. are those are crazy. I remember when
1: Gene first <laughs> wow. started taking pictures like yeah. with the moment macro lens yeah. of those? I was like, yeah, Whoo. yeah. So yeah. It definitely doesn't look like weed. <laughs> yeah. It
0: looks like it needs to go on my finger. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: they're diamonds. Whoa. So that was kind of my question was like, when you have this, like, is there anything that's added to this pen that makes it usable to be smoked through a pen? Or is it pretty much the same as you would just have this fairly viscous liquid that you mm-hmm. just stick a little Q-tip or whatever? I mean, you could pick in?
2: just, you know... Dab the contents of that cartridge. Yeah. Um. But there are definitely certain types of oil and certain processes that it has to go yeah. through to so make it more a, R&D to make it a this. stable oil yeah. that stays a liquid like that. Yeah. That's really the the most challenging part.
1: So when you have your other product, since this is the new product, your other product was more. Uh, was it? On, was would you say it was more like shatter? Like. In the means In of
2: how you would consume it, yeah. Just, yeah. you know, basically a small one gram container with, you know, oil that you'd scoop out and dab it. Yeah. You know, it's we don't really make shatter. Uh, most of our stuff is very, like, you know, sugar wax or it's the yeah. the, the diamonds or the, the real saucy, the gooey stuff consistency gotta, stuff. Yeah keep the package in the jar upright. Otherwise all the liquid terps will get all over the lid
1: and start yeah. spilling
2: out everywhere.
1: So it's not like breaking bad where you fill up a Pyrex dish and shatter it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not exactly. I not. know a lot yeah. of people do come into my life.
2: Oh, this is just like breaking bad <laughs> <laughs> it's a little more simple,
1: but <laughs> yeah, not, not quite as complex yeah. or as illegal <laughs> yeah. and shady. Yeah, right. Um, okay. well, I guess one of the, Can't
0: for the life of me take a picture of it
1: as yeah there's not enough light in here um but yeah so i guess we'll we'll delve into the the health thing you kind of watched that from me for a while yeah um i brought it up earlier like ending up in the er after smoking out of that what ftk yeah uh (laughs) yeah that was kind of this huge moment for me because in college i smoked weed regularly i had my medical card like that's how i got all that and we met and everything And then, like, my lungs just started hating it. And I remember we would go to festivals and stuff, and I would, like, only smoke, like, (laughs) when we would go over to, like, Carl's house or something, but that would be, like, regularly. (laughs) And my lungs just hated it more and more, and I, like, had to keep scaling back, scaling back, and then I ended up up at Birch Bay, smoked, and then, like, Five or six days later, her and I went to eastern Washington on a we were going and teaching teaching a workshop. A yoga workshop. And in the middle of the night I just like woke up and could not breathe and was having yeah. a full on asthma attack. Yeah. My huh. asthma inhalers just stopped working because I was using it way too much. Yeah. yeah. Ended up in the ER for several hours with like a full like nebulizer and breathing shit. therapy. Yeah. It was fucked. And a
0: lecture huh. from the doctor. Yeah, and
1: I had like full on <laughs> walking pneumonia and everything. Jeez. And so yeah, huh. it, didn't Gene just deal with pneumonia? Yeah. I had like walking pneumonia where there's just liquid in my lungs for months and months and months. Jesus. And uh, that's awful. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. But again, like, that's kind of where I talk about like, I love weed so much. And I like, it's been an interesting journey to be able to not smoke it as much. Cause then right after that with Antonella, I was like, all right, this whole next year I'm not smoking. And he did. I went over an entire year without smoking any weed at all. And then in the last two years, I've incorporated it back and I was doing like once a month. And now I'm at like once every two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I'll push it a little bit and then my lungs get a little angry and then I wait three weeks. But
0: it's pretty small amounts. Yeah, but so like nowadays it's
1: crazy because I still have my bong from uh, the Spotted Owl show shop. (laughs) So I still have that. So that's (laughs) up at our dome. And so I will buy a gram of weed and it'll last me two months because her and I will literally just take like we'll each take a tiny little snap. Bit. I mean, you remember how it was when you would load me like a dab, oh, yeah. like the first time I was trying to smoke dabs <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "I can't, just give me the tiniest hit ever." Yeah. And you guys are like, "How about this?" I'm like, "No, quarter of that, yeah, quarter of that." The first
0: time I had a dab, the first time I met you was at your house mm. up in Birch Bay, and he's like, "Hey, we're gonna oh, stop yeah. by." So where were we going? We're on our way to Shambhala.
1: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, on our way back? F- yeah, on our way we were, to Shambhala. We yeah. were
0: coming down <laughs> from, from Whistler. Whistler. Yeah, I we went that. <laughs> to your house, and then we were going to go east. But stay in the U.S. or stay in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. yeah stay, stay, in, stay US. in Washington and then go north once we got all the way to the end. And Border was a little confused by our, like, you went from Whistler down to Birch Bay. Then you drove east Across and then the you state. went back into Canada. We were, And they're, like, searching our car. We're like, no, we literally just went to see a friend. But anyway, um, I remember Jordan was, like, literally the smallest amount that you can possibly give her. And it was this tiny little bit. And I was... Done. We watched
1: Interstellar. Interstellar and you had on our yeah. fatty ass TV. <laughs> TV. And
0: yeah. I was just like, whoa. <laughs> and I had the tiniest <laughs> amount. And you guys just kept going. I was like, fuck that. I am not able to do anywhere near that. Yeah, it's, I'm it's a it's
2: lightweight. Funny. I, In my years of giving people their first dabs, I've seen a lot of different. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of different ways that it's been handled.
0: Well, and I had taken, <laughs> I had taken 20 years off of even greens. Okay, and so okay. I had just kind of started to tiptoe <laughs> yeah. my way back into to greens. And I like, he's I like, like got here. Her a pen
1: from someone. <laughs> yeah, I know. Someone, gave, someone gave me a pen and I was in my year off of not smoking. And so I just gave it to her.
0: Yeah. So I had <laughs> kind of made my way back in with the pen and then some random joint here and there. And then yeah and then i was like what is this beautiful thing at this guy's house and then i was like Ooh.
1: do you remember which one that was what the what the bong looked like it
0: was so beautiful was it the circle
1: with all the lines colorful yes. lines wrapped around it yeah that was my favorite of all time yeah that was, was there
0: a name favorite. for that do you name them
2: uh no just with a lot of them they had very particular like styles of mm-hmm. you know glass work so you should just be called kind of by their style but mm-hmm. like that one was a the mothership Fabag with the redicello, the, the rainbow
1: reticello and the redicello, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that piece was amazing. Yeah, that thing was badass. Didn't Volcano Kid have the, uh, or no, it was someone else who had like the sister piece to it that looked a bunch like it that was just slightly different. Oh yeah, the, the tr- no, someone else. Yeah, I don't remember. Anyway, yeah, I remember yeah, what you're talking about though. so yeah. many different pieces. The first time I
0: dabbed was actually with you and Jean at when you lived up in the store and then a few months later is when we ended up there. Yeah. But I, I think I'd kind of decided after that, I was like, I don't know if I can really swing with. Yeah. They're not for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, it, a lot of it's just so much in my, the heat in my throat yeah, is true. really difficult. Yeah. Um, even just earlier today with the bong. We didn't have we didn't notice that some of the water had evaporated oh, yeah. and oh my god, my both of our throats were just on fire no. the tiniest little Mine wasn't as bad, but <laughs> yeah, oh, mine was yeah, bad. Yeah.
1: My uh the piece, the the top perk and just the water had gone just oh, below yeah. it because yeah so then it just wasn't <laughs> so being hot yeah. i was
0: like Ugh.
1: um yeah, yeah oh, well because i know people changed on like temperatures like gene was joking recently about manda like just recently started <laughs> lowering the
2: yeah
1: uh, the heat the content <laughs> yeah using a timer and you guys kind of always used a timer um yeah. but has that changed for you at all over time like yeah. i guess part of it your timer because i know you guys use like an email for a while to really yeah. be able to be like this is the temperature right it's kind of just a crapshoot. Like, you can time it, but you don't really know what the temperature is. Yeah,
2: it's, some of it's kind of a guessing game and just knowing the, the different, you know, types of nails and different thicknesses of the glass and stuff. But, gotcha. you Yeah, know, when we first started dabbing, you know, we, it was heat get heated up glowing red hot uh-huh. as soon as it's not glowing hit it uh-huh. <laughs> you know before that it was hit it while it's still glowing yeah <laughs> but yeah i remember when you know the carb caps first came out for yeah, nails I was so and, confused and uh i remember me and gene were still using like the this titanium nails yeah and i distinctly remember us heating them up glowing red hot and then turning off all the lights in the house so that we could watch the nail cool down as soon as it wasn't glowing red. <laughs> Flip the lights back on take the
1: dab. I remember taking pictures of those. I came over one time with my camera and I have a bunch of pictures of that titanium colorful nails. <laughs>
2: yeah. So yeah, and then it just kind of, once you begin to understand you know, the carb cap and how much more enjoyable and experienced the dab can be when you hit it at you know the optimal temperature, so start. what does
1: the carb cap do specifically?
2: It's basically to direct the airflow over the nail. So, you know, it's like, if you think about it, like blowing on a fire to get yeah. it to light up more, Yeah, you know, the fire could be starting to die, but you blow on it. Obviously the oxygen is going to uh, be directed on it. It's going to kind of light the fire up. It's sort of the same thing with the, you know, as the oil is moving around on the nail, as you push the air over it and kind of direct it through there more. Yeah. it will help sort of ignite the Got dab it. a little bit more and that oh, way you can- the- do it at a lower temperature overall
1: yeah i remember the first time coming over right after you guys had started using those and it was there's always a new tech with you guys yeah. there's always something new and when you're <laughs> yeah. not like there regularly because <laughs> yeah. you're like fuck if i smoke yeah. weed i literally will not be able to breathe so i cannot go over there like <laughs> forcing myself not to but when i would and you guys would have some new tech and i'd yep. be like Fuck it, I'm smoking. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit. I'm gonna deal with the repercussions. Because yeah. yeah. you're a
0: scientist, at yeah.
1: Heart. and I'm <laughs> uh, biohacker. Yeah. Uh, it was always so cool seeing the new tech. But I remember the first time Gene being like, D- "Don't even worry about it. I'll do it for you." Because I was like, "Wait, I'm supposed to like <laughs> light this thing with a blowtorch, wait for it to cool down, and then grab some oil." <laughs> put it onto this nail and then set that down somewhere while everything's really hot. And then also be able to grab this carb cap and set it on top. And I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Like yeah. you think it's complicated to smoke out of my bong where you have to, cause I have a, I have a carb on the bowl piece. Oh yeah. And so like she thinks that's complicated. It's
0: not that. It, yeah. My timing's just not good on that or my lung capacity. So I just it's just easier if you prep it all for me and all I have to do is inhale. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which I'm sure you understand all too well like you said when you've when you've given a lot of people their first dabs.
2: Right. Well, especially back when I had all those super expensive bongs. Was, don't, it's someone, like, don't Someone don't that don't. wasn't super confident. I was like, let me just, like, you just sit back and yeah. just put your <laughs> lips on the bong and inhale and like, do everything for you.
0: I mean, really, that would be a wise decision on yeah. your behalf as well because that bong has lasted this long. You want to no. keep it
1: keep I it trust safe. you. Aww. We also, like, usually only smoke in bed. So the yeah. worst that will happen is it will fall over and True. water will spill everywhere on the bed. True. Yeah. It's not going to break. Yeah. 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 But it's great because... Because <laughs> like I still get to try weed, and I like hear a lot of the stuff that you talk about or give suggestions in our groups, and then yeah. uh, I'll just look for those specific people. <laughs> and I've made good friends with the guy at uh, what's the place we go, to? Mary Jane in yeah. Kirkland. Nice, yeah. Do you know that one at all?
0: Yeah. It's like five minutes from here. It's a it's great like spot. It's right
1: here in Kirkland. Yeah. Um
2: what's it called? Mary Jane.
1: Mary Jane. Okay. I used yeah. to go to Higher Leaf. Okay, I haven't heard of that one. Yet. And Higher Leaf but- was right there and she had a bad experience there. They just weren't super nice and nah, it just really. felt shitty customer too, service. It felt too commercial. Yeah. yeah. And then we went to Mary Jane and it's this little boutique and nice. you it, like it felt like I don't know. It just feels like you're walking into a little store where people are all there yeah, for the totally. right reasons, and they yep. have, they cultivated a good group of people and a good group of products. They
0: have a yeah. great staff, knowledgeable, and they they love what they do, and they're excited to talk about it. And nice. Yeah.
1: So I go in there and I just talk to them for like for 30 minutes, <laughs> yeah. a long time, about all the different strains and <laughs> yeah. asking them new tech questions. They're and like, everything.
0: "Do you want a job? Do you yeah. just want to work here?" Because you seem I've, to be
1: really I've gotten that a couple different times. <laughs> yeah. I had like I used to go in there with really long hair, and I started to talk to that guy, and he like asked me if I wanted to ever work here sometime. And then I like cut my hair and cause I don't, I only go in there like once every two months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then I went in and my hair was all cut and short and we were having a conversation. <laughs> I could tell he didn't recognize who I was. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden he was like, you should work here. And I was like, <laughs> you've told me this before. <laughs> uh, cause yeah, I, I love all that stuff and I love yeah. being able to check out all the different content. And yeah. The only thing that kind of sucks is knowing that when I buy a gram, it is going to last me a month, which means I can't just be trying new things yeah. all the time. <laughs> right. Which is, I think
0: <laughs> kind of comes with their job as bud tenders. Is I want to be able to tender from in college. experience. Yeah. You know, they've oh, tried no, a lot definitely. of the products. And yep.
2: Yeah, yeah. They the state allows us to give uh, like bud tender samples or educational samples. So, like along with our orders and we deliver them, we can, you know, ask the shop, hey, how many bud tenders you got? Oh, there's ten of us. Okay, cool. We'll have ten, you know, bud tender samples. So you guys. You can want them to be able to talk about your
1: product. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: no doubt, definitely.
1: Yeah, and so is. How's like? Is there tons of complexity around shipping your product outside of Washington State? Like, is it just Washington that's all you can do right now? Washington State only.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, it can't
1: be anything out of state. Crazy, because there's so many other states that are doing stuff, and I'm sure so many states need more. Like, I remember, I don't know the specifics of it, but I remember when it became legal in Canada recently, they were like, "We ran out of weed in like the first day." Yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah. Now, most most of the states that have it legalized I'd say have surplus <laughs> yeah um you know there's a lot in washington i know there's a pretty big surplus or at least a big amount of you know growers and producers that definitely aren't making it
1: it's <laughs> mm. crazy that you're still that you still have such high demand then yeah. cuz that was my assumption was that like what do you do with all this product? Like there's obviously a lot of product. There is only so many stores, only so many people smoke weed. Like, yeah, a lot of people smoke weed, but there's lots of greens. There's lots of edibles. There's lots of just like this, 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 and this and multiple different companies. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, um, it
2: is crazy to think about the, the sheer amount of, Weed and weed products that's produced in the state, and the fact that you know it does all get consumed one way or another. Yeah,
1: because you don't, you guys don't do any plant content. You just do. We have a small grow, but okay. We,
2: we just use the flour from that for our oil. And that, yeah, that you... makes like the best the oil. Yeah, <laughs> I just
1: meant like you don't sell any plant content. Like if I went to the store, you can't buy E C C. Not right greens. now,
2: but that's something that we will have okay uh, in the near future. So we're going to cool. be expanding our product line to have. Flour, pre-roll joints, the vape cartridges. uh, We've got our live resin as kind of our higher-end dab product. Then we've also started doing kind of more of a budget-line dab because that's, Mm -hmm. you know, while it's not the dabs that I want to smoke, it is the dabs that a majority of the people in the state can afford to smoke. Yeah. Um, So the the lower-end concentrate market is actually a surprisingly big one. So we've just started putting out some kind of cheaper stuff so that you know they can be grams on the shelf for 12 to 15 dollars instead of 25 to 30 like our normal stuff is
1: yeah and is there stuff um is there other like companies that you think are kind of like in the right line or I, i guess the question would be is there can you get ECC at like almost every you know, dispensary in Washington, or no, is it definitely very, not? We're very niche,
2: we're only in maybe 20 or 25 okay. stores around the state. Okay, we've made the decision to just keep growing with those stores and be able to, you know, continue providing them with the volumes that they want to get as opposed to trying to take on a million other yeah. stores and say, Okay, sorry, this week, you know, it's we're so sold out because yeah. we got too many stores buying our stuff, we'd rather keep that for the stores that have been doing business with us since the beginning and I love that yeah. when the you know volumes begin to increase and they are and we'll start to take on more stores we have probably a list of over 50 to 100 retailers that want our product we just Got don't it. have enough to yeah <laughs> to
1: fill it, so. are there any other companies that you know should someone go to the store and they can't find any ECC mm-hmm. is there is there other either growers of greens or producers of oils that you have done the research on. And you're like, these yep. are good companies and I would recommend. Them.
2: Well, yeah. so that's re- with the, the recent arrival of our volcano and starting to smoke mm-hmm. some more flour and stuff. Again, I've been, you know, picking up random flour from different producers and getting to try out other people's stuff. Cause obviously we have our, you know, a handful of people that we work with and source material from, but there's, you know, tons of other good growers out there. And some of them are ones that I, See around in the shops and say, damn, that's some good looking weed. I want to try that. And sometimes I get home and smoke it and like, holy crap, that's some really good weed. I'm going to look this person's number up and, you know, see if they want to get some extractions done or see mm-hmm. if they have any excess, you know, trim they want to sell yeah. or, or whatever. So it's a, a good way to kind of get out there and just see what other people Research, are doing. And, yeah. And same thing with the concentrates, you know. I, I really only smoke the stuff that I make myself, but I still like to go out and buy a little bit here and there from the competition and to see what other people are doing and see how we stack up against, you know, what everyone else is doing. Nice. So,
1: yeah. Are there, uh, cause I know, I remember the whole volcano thing and- and I was thinking about the volcano thing because that was one of the things that I was told to try when I was first dealing with my lung issues. Yeah. Like, totally. try a vaporizer. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, it didn't change anything. Um, I think it does for a lot of different people. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if yeah. anyone out there is dealing with a similar <laughs> issue like mine, like you can't breathe, try a volcano <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. some other sort of vaporizer. Yeah. Um, well, the craziest thing, too, about volcanoes,
2: they recently just got acquired by a big Canadian uh marijuana producer, big company that's on the public stock market. Wow. And they just bought stores and bickle, which is the producers of volcano, for two hundred and twenty million dollars. Canadian. But still. (laughs) It's like two hundred mil. Yeah. Um because apparently they they hold a lot of patents on their design for Uh. volcano. And they're the only vaporizer company that health Canada has truly endorsed and approved for medical yeah. usage of vaporizing cannabis in Canada. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember in like 2010 those being like the thing, and yeah. they were like 500 bucks. And yeah, a Buddy six, had yes. one, yeah.
2: I think the one that we bought back then was yeah, five or six hundred yeah. bucks. Like and and yeah, it was still the great. same price. <laughs> I love that bag,
1: you just get this bag yeah. of thing that fills up. Now, do you feel like you can taste a lot more of the flavors and whatnot?
2: Somewhat, it, it I don't know, it's I think it's a better flavor than like a bong, but sometimes with really, really good weed. I still think a joint, you almost get a
1: little more like of a distinct flavor, at least in the first quarter. or half You've of the always joint. been a joint guy though. Yeah. Like from yeah. the beginning, yeah. like I like everyone loves to tout their skills on either rolling <laughs> joints or rolling blunts. Like, yeah. I mean, like if you could roll a good blunt, that was a cool thing to do when I was in high school. Yeah. Like you, you knew what was up and I took so much pride in trying to roll blunts. Well, but I remember like rolling joints was your thing. Yeah. It was just, you were so good at it yeah, and it was definitely. so easy. Yeah. Like, my daughter loves rolling joints. Like, that's her favorite thing. <laughs> nice I, I want to talk her about her more in a sec when Nella comes back. She yeah. went to the bathroom real quick. But, um, yeah, so with vaporizing, um, it's, it, yeah, it's always interesting because I remember, like, you could change the temperature. And so it's, like, yeah. if it's hotter, it's going to be harsher. But you actually get to smoke all the THC. Like, right. some people will put their shake back through a second time to, like, yeah. re-smoke it. So it doesn't seem very efficient in any way. Yeah. And the lower temperature makes it taste better Mm. but you don't get a lot of the actual thc out of it right yeah
2: so you there's you know kind of a middle ground between optimal temperature and flavor you know you still obviously want to get high but yeah (laughs) um i definitely find with the volcano like a little bit seems to go kind of a long way like i can grind up a bowl you know from back in the day when i remember loading bowls in a bong Uh i'd say it's an equivalent size to that where you get a couple hits off of it you know and uh, that can fill one bag and get you pretty ripped, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't smoked all day, one or two volcano bags, you know, is like smoking a whole joint, yeah. <laughs> and it's like one or two bowls, you know, to yeah, a lot less content, <laughs> so it's pretty, pretty efficient, I would say. And you know, I like to load it in there and do one, you know, bag off of the bowl that I load, but a lot of people will do a couple bags and you know, you'll still get. Vapor that'll get produced, but it just won't
1: taste as good, you yeah. <laughs> know. Can you add like I know you can add like keef and stuff yeah. to those? Can you add any sort of oils, or do they recommend not doing they, that? They a bag? sell
2: like a this little like oil pad, and we got one ah, to try yeah. it out. It doesn't work that well, though. Yeah, it's basically like a uh metal uh steel sp-
1: sponge thing, you know, yeah.
2: <laughs> that goes inside the bowl, and you just put the oil into that. but. If you want to smoke the oil, I think you just got to dab it. <laughs> yeah, because that
1: was kind of my question, like, content-wise. Like, uh, you mentioned for your extraction process not drying anything and instead yep. just freezing it immediately. Yep. Um, and I'm sure there's some reasons which I'm intrigued to hear your side of. Yeah. Um, but so do you think that kind of changes anything about the, the purity and process of whatnot? Like, mm-hmm. do you feel yeah. like because it's like with a vaporizer it's like all right cool well you should just do greens like it's easier to do greens and whatnot but do you feel like it's a more pure i don't know safer on your lungs etc because i know a lot of the reason people use vaporizer is because it's better on their lungs and so arguably less plant content would be better so if you're using an oil that's already had all that blown out that'd probably be the best yeah,
2: I think when it comes to consuming marijuana in a fashion of smoking or vaporizing it, I think you know, a high quality live resin or a butane extracted oil is definitely one of the ways to make one of the purest, you know, forms of that.
1: So how do you can you describe exactly what a live resin is then? So
2: so basically the act of drying the cannabis plant, you know, a typical harvesting process you're obviously you're going into the grow room you know eight weeks after it's done flowering and everything you're taking the big leaves off the water leaves or the fan leaves and then you're usually just cutting it up into branches hanging it in a drying room to dry it until it's bone dry take it down trim all the leaves off take it off the stems and you've got your you know sellable packageable flower you've got you know material for oil whatever the act of drying it you're losing about 60 to 70 percent of the terpenes that are present in the plant at the day that it's harvested. So by skipping that step and simply deleafing it, stripping the buds off of the stock and flash freezing it, you're preserving all of those terpenes and cannabinoids that would otherwise be lost in the drying process. So the oil that's made from it is just much more flavorful. You know, you take a whiff of the jar and you say, holy crap, that is what the plant smelled like when it was growing not just how like opening up a bag of weed smells like that is a fresh cannabis you know aroma (laughs) Hmm. um so the flavor is just you know much much stronger and the freshness of the cannabinoids allow for just a, a cleaner high and a more pure you know extract um it's A lot more work at the end of the day because cannabis is, you know, 80 to 90% water when it's alive. So when we harvest the plants, we might end up with a hundred pounds of wet Mm. cannabis. If that were dried, it probably would be, you know, 10 10 to 15 pounds. So we could dry it and process that 10 or 15 pounds in, in an hour on our machine, or we could keep it frozen and maybe it'll take a whole day to process that amount. But at the end of the day, we're going to have a much higher quality product than if we were to go through the steps of drying it.
1: And I think I've heard you talk before about the drying process can get messed up.
2: Absolutely. And I think it's the thing in our industry that people do wrong the most. You know, I've been to a lot of different farms in the state talking to people about sourcing material or, you know, stuff like that, doing extractions for them. And I've seen some incredible grows. You walk in and you say, wow, these guys built this right. They spared no expense. This is amazing. You finish the tour in the drying room. Okay. Okay. It's still looking okay. You get to the, you know, final stage where they've, you know, are packaging and trimming it. And you look at the weed and say, dude, what the hell did you do from there to here? This looks like a completely different product. And you just find that a lot of these people are are flash drying it. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they are in a bind for money or they don't have the right environment set up, so they end up drying the weed way too fast. And you end up losing a lot more of those, you know, precious terpenes. Um, so that's just the thing that a lot of people are doing wrong. They, they rush the drying process. They run it through auto trimmers and machine trimmers and they beat the weed up to all hell. And by the time it's, you know, in a package ready for someone to smoke or in a big tote ready to get blasted, it's just, you know, degraded to a point where it's like, man, like I said, what did you do (laughs) from here to there? (laughs) Um, so we've done a lot of, you know, experiments where I'll, I'll go to the farm, I'll see this happening and I'll say, okay, send me a tote of your dried, beat up weed that you fucked up and then send me a freezer full of those plants harvested today. I'm going to show you even same exact strain, same exact harvesting method. Just one of them you're throwing in a freezer. One of them you're putting it through all these processes that you should mm-hmm. do. And I'll run the two and show them the difference. And they're always blown away. You know, one will come out, you know, the live resin will, Beautiful golden colors, amazing smells, great flavor, um, amazing return. So high yields of product coming out of it. And then you look at the oil from the dried material and it's black poop soup. You know, that's what they call it. Um, yeah. So just that, that act of drying it incorrectly and oxidizing all the cannabinoids and the terpenes, you, you end up kind of ruining the weed. And it's easier to get away with that for a lot of these growers when they're just selling the flower as flower for people to smoke in Mm -hmm. the final package like that, a lot of people don't really realize it. You know, most of the weed by the time it is in those bags or these jars and it sits on a shelf in a store for a month, it all ends up kind of smelling and looking the same anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, but, when we run that material through our machine, it's, it's very evident as soon as it comes out, Oh man, these guys, they don't know how to dry their weed or these guys don't know how to
1: grow their weed. (laughs) Is it generally true then that the lighter the weed, the better it is? Yes and no. Um, the,
2: the interesting thing about that is like right now, you know, um, you know, in this industry, there's there's always a new craze or new tech when it comes to different processing yeah. methods. And one day it's rosin, the next day it's live resin, the next it's diamonds, you know. Right now, the big popular thing that people are doing is a, a color remediation process mm. that you can put BHO through. It's really intriguing, and I, I'm very curious to experiment with it and try the process out and see how it works with... You know, lower grade stuff and higher grade stuff. But at the end of the day, now there is a process that's kind of out there in the open for all processors to use that is going to allow you to sort of hide the true quality of the product. You know, you could have something that comes out black, you know, when you do it with a normal process and with this new tech of color remediation, it can come out with no color at all. Totally clear, like water. Wow! <laughs> and obviously, somebody looks at that in a little gram jar. Oh man, that looks amazing. That's got to be the bomb. It's it looks like water. Like it's got to be pure. <laughs> but really, it's just kind of a you
1: know, wow a poop soup that they've bleached. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy! I love it. Anal That's bleaching. interesting too. <laughs> Cause it makes me think about like bleaching it and then adding blue to it or something. Cause <laughs> right. like think about all like the vape pens that people use for like actual, like not weed, yeah, but like right. vaporized, you know, they have like, I've seen like colored vape yeah. stuff and yeah crazy so yeah so so even though you guys have a product that is like your lesser product or less high quality it's still starting from high quality content yeah and that's the thing
2: that we are trying to differentiate ourselves you know we obviously we have a really high quality product in our kind of higher price point that still is a price point that is far lower than our competition um so we figure you know let's do the same thing with our our low-grade stuff let's try to have you know, stuff that compares with the, the nasty black oil price point wise, but is actually something that's halfway decent. And, you know, like I said, maybe it's not the quality of smoke that I want to, you know, enjoy on, but yeah, there's a lot of people that can't necessarily afford 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, $70 a gram, you know, maybe they only got 15 bucks and they still need something that's at least clean and safe to smoke, you know?
1: yeah so another thing i guess would come down to the regulations you said things have been regulated a lot more so that it's kind of weeding out those bad apples yeah somewhat (laughs) um so is part of that coming down to the ability to look at the numbers like you mentioned a bunch of stuff just a second ago when explaining it like There's flavor, there's like look, there's, you know, several different things to it. Hmm. But those aren't like tech science numbers. It's not like, here's how much CBD, here's how much like THC. Can you measure the amount of terpenes specifically? Yeah.
2: Yeah. With all of our products, we always do the required tests, which is potency, residual solvents, uh, mycotoxins, Mm -hmm. which are uh, basically like microbial stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we'll always test for terpenes as well.
1: And is all that posted on the packaging? So, yeah, on
2: the package, it'll show the overall cannabinoids, the CBD, the THC, the THCA, Mm -hmm. uh, the overall terpene percentage. um, And then it'll always have, you know, specific information about where the material was sourced from, you know, who grew it, what pesticides were ever applied to the growing medium or the plants throughout their entire life. Um, yeah, you know, manufacturing dates, all that kind of stuff.
1: And is that a standard that everyone has to have now? Yeah. yeah. So it's so it's getting easier then for the layman to walk into a store and say like. That product, I can't tell by the way it looks because it could be bleached poop soup, <laughs> but it at least will show the terpene content and the mm-hmm. THC content yeah, and CBD right. that people are able. And a to, lot of
2: people don't test for terpenes because they don't have a lot of them present. Yeah, want to necessarily that. They don't want to don't that. display that. Um, yeah. so they so don't people, have to display it. A lot it. of people. No, the terpenes are one thing that are not required okay. to have on the label. Yeah, but we we do it for every single batch because, you know, with 502, the thing that sucks about it and it's a lot different than the medical days is. You can't just walk in and open up a jar of the weed or the oil and smell it touch it and Mm. grab it with the tweezers. You know, it's all in a totally
1: sealed package. You're not even allowed to open it in the parking lot. (laughs) Dude, the first time I went to do that, like, he got pissed. And I was like, oh, shit, what? I was like, (laughs) I used to go to a store all the time and I could, you know, see the weed and smell it. Like, I went to open up the jar. He's like, uh, uh, no, 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 (laughs)
3: Yeah,
1: Like, they freak out because they can get fined a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah that's ridiculous yeah
2: so it's hard but by putting the terpene percentage on our package it at least tells you know it's kind of a little red flag for people okay they they're at least you know posting it on there they're saying that there's 13 percent terpenes is probably going to be pretty flavorful and because we're honest with the way that we do our testing and the results that we do publish that's usually going to be the case So, (laughs) so
1: what's a good level of terpene content it really just oil.
2: depends kind of what you like, you know, and that's another one of those things where people kind of go through phases or different, you know, kind of scenes or hypes. And for a while, you know, everybody wanted just the pure diamonds, you know, like what's yeah. in that jar there, 99% pure THCA. I just <laughs> yeah. want to get fucked up. It's as, you know, <laughs> as, as strong as you can get. Um, and so we were releasing stuff like that and giving people just the, the diamonds by themselves, but... You know, at the end of the day, my preference is, you know, some nice diamonds like that, but with just the right amount of the liquid, you know, terpene counterpart. And so the best ratio that we've found, and we've started actually with uh, some of our batches, we'll actually weigh out the specific ratio of crystals to liquid terpene. So you can like crush up the crystals and like mix them all together. Yeah, so basically we'll take, you know... Uh, we find that like a 50-50 mix is pretty good or 60-40. Yeah. So we'll have the packagers go each gram or each jar. They're going to weigh out a half gram of the crystals. Uh-huh. It's going to move down the assembly line and someone else is going to add a half gram of the terpenes, cap it, package it, and it's on its way. So that way every single unit has the exact same ratio of terpenes and cannabinoids. And that way the label truly reflects you know, what it is because when we send in our, you know, uh, sample to the third party labs to get it tested. I can take my two gram sample and know that, okay, one gram, you know, terps, one gram diamonds, this is going to be how the, you know, final packaging is. And that way the what's on the label is really, you know, what you're getting.
1: Yeah. And you're still in the R and D phase obviously for some stuff, but like if you were to get your own grow up, a big mm-hmm. scale grow up <laughs> Are there like a couple strains That you feel would be like You're like fuck yeah These are the oh, strains yeah. that I want
2: Yeah because like I said We do have a small grow at our facility So we you know Keep a lot of data Whenever we grow new strains I mm-hmm. have you know An excel spreadsheet That's 10 pages long Of a million different strains And you know What the returns were What the nice. THC percentage is What the terpene levels You know notes about This one crystallized in one day, this one took 10, you know, there's so many different variables with all that stuff that it's very important to keep track of because when we do get our big farm, we need to know, okay, this strain runs really good. This strain runs really bad. We can't, you know, waste eight weeks of harvesting time and, and growing on a strain that we know doesn't produce the type of product that we want or the amount of it, you know? Cool. So it's really important to you know keep track of that kind of stuff so that we know.
1: Yeah, it's no longer just like, oh yeah, I smoked this G thirteen once in high school and got really stoned, and it's my favorite <laughs> right. weed. Yeah, right. yeah, it's, it's cool. A
0: little more complicated now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: it's a lot more complicated now. Yeah. Uh, did you end up bringing a pen that you can attach this to? Yeah, do you wanna? Sure, Nelly. You wanna take a puff? Uh,
0: sure. I have a little baby, little baby puff.
1: Yeah, so we have... Is it a—is uh, it compatible with Aeropro? Uh,
2: if you get the little magnetic adapter.
0: Yeah, we
1: have we the have adapter kit. Okay. Right, cool. Does the magnetic adapter it. like leak or anything? Or somebody... Okay, mm-hmm. cool.
0: Yeah, it comes with it, which is nice.
1: Sweet. Yeah, Aero we got to get that back Aero from Pro. Bailey now. <laughs> yeah, I guess that'll be a good time to talk about Bailey a little bit because we have uh, a 19-year-old and she... She's a
0: connoisseur.
1: She legally, you know, can't smoke weed yet. Don't let her smoke that (laughs) until she's 21. (laughs)
0: Legal. So do you have any... I have a three-part question. What would you say is your hopes for the cannabis industry? And then do you have any goals for your company? And then what are your goals for yourself as an individual within all of that?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, the goals for our company will hopefully be what lead to uh, what we want out of this in the long run. But really our big goal right now is just... Solidifying our place in Washington State's cannabis market mm. and really taking it to the top. You know, right now we're fairly small. You know, we're not doing a, any crazy numbers in sales. You know, there's companies right now in the state that are doing over two million dollars. You know, we're yes. usually around two hundred thousand, but we have a, a game plan to to take us to that one to two million dollars a month. Is just. uh it takes a lot of money to get there. <laughs>
0: well, and growing responsibly. yes <laughs> How many How many employees is there right now?
2: Right now, we have. See here, four, five, six, basically seven of us. Three of us are, well, two of us, owner operators there, you know, all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, one manager that kind of oversees the packaging department, and then uh, three or four packagers. Nice. So pretty small still, but we're very efficient in how we do things. You know, the, the scalability that we built our process to, uh, basically we've never, you know, been at a point where we haven't been able to produce enough. Mm-hmm. It really comes down to it. All right, guys, how many grams can you weigh out today? Yeah. <laughs> uh, So, but yeah, the big thing with us is, you know, like I said, just trying to sort of solidify our our place in the state and work our way to the top. And the best way to do that is by, you know, securing as much growth canopy as possible. Um, You know, not having to rely on other farms uh, to keep our, you know, beast fed. Mm -hmm. Um, So once we can solidify that, you know, the state of Washington allows you to hold up to three licenses. So eventually, we want to hopefully max out that three-license maximum. Uh, We're also looking at doing some licensing kind of agreements in other states and even other countries. You know, we have a lot of IP around our extraction processes, and we'd like to get to a point where we can offer packages to, you know, big LPs in Canada and around the United States to say, hey, if you want to do... Extractions. We have the recipes to do it. We have the machine that you should buy. The experience on setting up the environment that you need to you know do the extractions. You know, start to finish, we can you know get you you know set up with what we do. And And if we have solidified ourselves here in Washington and proved that we can do it, we're confident that there's a lot of people that will pay a lot of money to to be able to do it like we do it. Yeah.
1: And is that set up you? Somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: But obviously it never would have been possible without all the other moving parts and pieces to, you know, what ECC is. And oh, for sure. All the things leading up to that,
1: but for sure. And, but like in terms of like what you have created there, like it was, they came to you and yeah, said, yeah, no Here, here's a, <laughs> here's a budget. Yeah. <laughs> give us what we need. And so now you've kind of created that. Yeah.
2: And obviously since the conception of all that, you know, we've changed a lot of stuff. You know, we, we, um, before we solidified that deal with the, uh, all the different farms in eastern Washington last year, we bought and designed a, a much larger scale extraction system. And that was what allowed us to, you know, run through 50,000 pounds, you know, without
1: really breaking a sweat
2: <laughs> um, throughout the year. So
1: I just had a thought. Hmm. I seem so what's cool about me, like not getting to smoke weed for me. Is a lot of times when I do smoke weed, I feel like I have revelations. <laughs> like you can almost kind of, like like when you've done acid or mushrooms or something, where like you feel like there are different parts of your brain that are connecting suddenly and you're like, oh, wait, what yeah. if I did that? Like you're it's like, tapping <laughs> in. Yeah, yeah, you tap in and everything just starts to make more sense. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking into getting consulting jobs right now nice, at the yeah. moment. Yep. And I'm just thinking about how much I love weed and data. And, and data. And data. I'm wondering to do some sort of like weed consulting where I can do that sort of thing. And there's like an element of sales and like, yeah, there's a lot
2: of people doing that for sure. Um, and that would be obviously with our goals of licensing IP and, uh, you know, equipment and things like that would come basically a consulting kind of, uh, offering. So,
1: all right, well, I feel like sometime in the next week or two... Sushi. We, we need to... Yeah. No, well, sure, sushi <laughs> is our safe word. No, I just mean I need to come and uh, check out everything you guys yeah. do. Yeah, yeah definitely. I'm, See that I'm there process.
2: pretty much six to seven days a week, so...
1: Crazy. <laughs> okay. It's your baby. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What about goals for the industry itself? Is there things that... Not just for the benefit of your own business, but just for the culture and the progression of Mm -hmm. the way that we consume it. Are there things that you're hoping you see change or grow or evolve?
2: It'll be really interesting to see, you know, when cannabis cannabis becomes federally legalized. Mm -hmm. You know, we're at a point now where really everything kind of is hinging on when that happens. (laughs) Uh, We're starting to see, In the medical marijuana industry, um, pretty big things happening in the world of like CBD. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of big pharma companies that are going in and buying up bulk CBD isolate, you know, so pure 99% uh, CBD that people are extracting from hemp, actually. Um, And so that's really the next really big thing that's happening. You know, the farm bill just passed, which basically took hemp off of the controlled substance list, which is opening up a lot of opportunities for hemp extracted uh, CBD. Um, so like right now I know a handful of people that are pretty involved just in brokering the CBD isolate. Um, and you know, there's some people that are, you know, having demands to purchase five to 10,000 kilograms, you know, a month of this CBD isolate. And a lot of it's going to, you know, different companies that are putting it into lotions and pills and vape pens and all sorts of different stuff. But a lot of it is just going into a vault at some of these big pharma companies so that once it all is truly legal and they can kind of run free with it, they've already got billions of dollars worth of this stuff just stockpiled.
1: Crazy. Cause we had (laughs) Skylar on the podcast and we haven't released any of it yet. Um, But he is the CEO of a company called Oleo okay um and so they just do pure cbd okay that's all they do uh and so they have like drinks they have like a coconut water and some Mm -hmm. teas that they're doing um but they kind of remind me of ecc in a way of like they've got like seven to ten employees Mm -hmm. somewhere around there Mm -hmm. and they have an extraction process that is like a proprietary is that the right word for it i don't think so um so they have this extraction process. It's their extraction process and they've done all the research and development for it and whatnot. And they're just a small company that's growing, but he kind of talked a lot about that CBD and how that's the big craze these days and how it can be super helpful. Yeah. Um, it's
2: it's pretty amazing. The scale that uh, people are starting to do the CBD stuff at, especially the hemp farming is just like crazy. Some of these people that we've talked to are talking about growing, you know, just, thousands and thousands of acres of hemp all yeah. for
1: CBD because <laughs> there's no buds it's just the no, male it, it, version it actually,
2: no they're, they're female flowering plants like oh really a lot of the hemp strains that people are growing now like you look at it and you would never know the difference it looks just wow. like cannabis
1: yeah because we had again Will on the podcast and he was talking about um, the, that people are getting into just smoking CBD weed yeah like there's no THC content to the yep. weed, but yeah, they're still as long smoking. As it, it's the same As long thing. as it
2: has less than 0.3% THC. Yeah. In a lot of places you can ship it around. The world.
1: So I've heard about that, that truckers and like other yeah. shipping industry are getting like put in prison. Yeah. Because they're shipping hemp and they get to an area that's like, no, this is still federally illegal. Yeah. Or, they drive- just, or they think it's cannabis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't know. And drivers are just going to jail.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah i think it was i don't know if it was in oregon recently i saw a news article it was like 50 kilos of you know cbd oil seized at a truck stop you uh-huh. know something like that driver going to jail
1: yeah could you yeah. imagine that just being yeah. a driver and being like going to jail because you were shipping a product that was doing legal job. yeah literally doing what you're supposed to yeah Crazy. yeah it's it's very
2: interesting but like yeah. i said the scale that the hemp world is going at. This is just mind blowing.
1: <laughs> yeah. They're making up for lost time. Yeah.
2: And it's happening all around the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we recently talked to this guy that was, showed us this picture. It was like, you know, kind of elevated up in the hills and it looked like it was just a jungle, you know? And he's like, Hey, you see all those lights everywhere across the hill there. And it was like this whole hillside just totally lit up middle of the jungle. It's like, yeah, those are all cannabis and hemp grows in the hills of Colombia. <laughs> He was saying that a lot of the, like, cocoa plantations are getting shut down, and they're mm-hmm. growing hemp and cannabis out in the jungles. They've got big grow lights set up in the middle of nowhere so they can grow during the nighttime. And- wow. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. yeah. And then same in, like, in, you know, Jamaica. and It's all over the place. There's some crazy things happening with hemp and cannabis. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: Part of why I was so intrigued by these live resin with high CBD that Mm -hmm. you have here is because, uh, Will was telling us that the, the, the medicinal properties of marijuana, people are like, oh, well, what is it? And a lot of people are like, oh, it's CBD. But apparently the CBD is much more activated when you add THC in with it.
2: Yeah. I've heard that too.
1: High blue. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Doggo's being obnoxious. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so it's it's really interesting hearing about that necessity of the two compounds being together to really give you what you need, which is where he was like, look, I love where the CBD route is going. But at the same time, like you need that THC content in there right. somewhere to really yeah. get everything working together. Yeah. Um. So I love that you guys are coming out with this product because yeah. like that's
2: yeah the CBD stuff is is very intriguing. You know, just seeing the way that it grows and the way that it comes out in the extraction process. It's so much different than THC strains. It's hmm. it's very interesting for sure.
1: Yeah. And so is this what you have here? Is this a it's just one strain or is it like so you said it's a it's lot it's two strains yeah. mixed
2: together so so typically with our vape pens what it'll be will be a mixture of thc distillate which is basically just like a really pure like the
1: diamonds kind of kind of, of but, just, but
2: it made in a different way it's yeah. so basically being in an oil just as form. pure as possible um, so yeah it's basically just an extremely pure oil it's it's stripped of all things besides thc you know there's no terpenes there's no nothing it's just pure thc Mm -hmm. so it works good in vape cartridges as a base because it doesn't have any flavor but it obviously gives you the thc that you want Um, so with our carts it's a blend of thc distillate and the terpene you know fraction of a live resin run so with the live resin basically the way that it'll cure the terpenes will separate into be basically like a liquid layer that you know is very low viscosity. You know sometimes it's like water, sometimes it's like syrup. It can vary a lot. So what we're doing is basically mixing that terpene portion of the run with a little bit of the THC distillate. Um, the distillate is much thicker consistency, so it makes it work a little better in the cartridges, and the terpene layer from that live resin. While it has THC, it's kind of lower. It's you know thirty to forty percent THC because it's thirty to forty percent terpenes. Um, so doing a blend like that gives you the really good flavor, the good entourage effect from the you know terpenes, but it also gives you that kind of higher potency with the distillate. Um, with this one, however, this is a mixture of the terpenes from a regular live resin run and then a high CBD live resin, which is a bit different than THC strains. It will not crystallize. It will not separate. The terpenes won't do anything. It'll just kind of have a a really sappy honey oil. Very hard to deal with, very tacky (laughs) and sticky. The packagers absolutely hate it. (laughs) Putting it into the little one-gram units is like a nightmare. Um, But it works really great in the vape pen because it's kind of just that perfect consistency to just go right in. Um, so with this one, this is a blend of that CBD live resin and then I'll list a little bit of terpenes from a different run to just give it a
1: little bit of that you know, flavor. So what's the THC content in it?
2: Um, that one, probably around 30 to 40% THC. So there's still quite a bit. And then yeah. probably around 20 to 30% CBD also. Sweet. And then maybe 10% terpenes. Nice. Yeah. So...
1: so Oh, go ahead.
0: No, I was just gonna say tasty, tasty. tasty. Right.
1: Well,
2: that's the thing, it it tastes like cannabis. Yeah, you know? it's not. Nice. That, it that was the big thing, is we wanted a, a vape pen that truly tastes like the strain that mm-hmm. we
1: say it is. <laughs> yeah, because I remember like when I would read like the High Times magazine or something, and they would have all their like weed strain winners, and they would do all that stuff. And I remember reading about that they always smoked out of pipes, yeah, because they just wanted the most flavor. <laughs> to come through those directly through and have right. no like <laughs> yeah. diffusion through any water yeah. or any other medium. <laughs> um, I always thought that was interesting. And so essentially you're trying to do the same thing here, even though you're yeah. extracting it all right. the way out completely, you're yeah. still trying to keep that yeah. full flavor content. Yeah,
3: exactly.
1: And I know that was always a huge thing that like nowadays, maybe you don't need it because of how popular weed is, but is there like, are there companies like high times that are judging uh, strains from pens and dabs yeah, to say like. so
2: there's like Dope Magazine, yeah. which was originated in Seattle. It's a pretty big I've deal. I've been to their office, And they do like the a, a Dope Cup every year. Yeah, that's and right. And it is basically the first uh, competition, you know, cannabis competition that was available to people in the recreational market. Uh-huh. You know, it's a little different for us. We can't, you know, with the High Times Cups, you know, back in the day, it was easy. You know, you pay a thousand bucks, you give them an ounce of bud or <laughs> oil or whatever it is, and then they, you're in the competition and they judge it. Yeah. With 502, I, I can't just take an ounce out of inventory and just give it to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I can make a half gram employee sample and take it for myself, or I can sell product to a retail store and that's it. There's mm-hmm. no, you know, if, ands Got or buts it. really. But with the Dope Cup, what they've done is they've basically partnered with some of the testing labs in the state. And so, you know, we're legally allowed to manifest and transfer samples to the testing labs. So we send it to the testing lab, they test it, and then the Dope Cup gets basically the results from that. And I think they kind of base their judging off of that.
1: So none of your results on like actual hard data numbers are done by you they're all sent off no it's all required
2: to be done by a third party service and so
1: we use a company it's
2: called medicine creek and they're located um in fife they're part of the pl tribe um so it's tribal owned Um, Wow, it's an amazing lab They. As the director told us, he said, the the tribe spared no expense in building this lab. <laughs> uh, you know, he was showing us some of, like, their pesticide testing uh, equipment, you know, crazy chromatography stuff and stuff that I honestly don't really even understand. Um, he said, yeah, this one machine right here was, like, $300,000, and it's, wow. like, you know, the size of, like you know your computer (laughs) you're like whoa yeah this costs like more than the you know our competitors more than they spent on their whole lab (laughs) yeah okay um so they do a really incredible job they test for all the cannabinoids all the terpenes they do pesticide uh testing which is something that's becoming very uh kind of the hot topic in the industry. Uh, all the microbials and mycotoxin screenings, everything
1: was done through them. So. Was that what Will and I were talking mm-hmm. about? That's what so he thinks. Will, like I said, he just knows a lot about the industry working at Leafly yeah, and he sure. was saying he thinks that one of the biggest things that could have potentially caused what's going on in my lungs mm-hmm. was that He was saying that there's pesticides, and Mm -hmm. in theory, he believes in some ways that the pesticides like build up. And so it's not like, all right, I smoked this, it had some pesticide content in it, now, you know, I'm sick from it. But he's like, it seems to build up in people where if they have enough of this pesticide that is inhaled through a vapor or a smoke into their lungs, Mm -hmm. that once it hits this like boiling point, that you then have some sort of an allergy to it because I don't remember what he called it he had some sort of a name for it it, yeah. that some people seem to get where they just like can't smoke weed anymore or they can't smoke like a certain strain of it I think Mm. he said and so like (laughs) this girl who works with him at Leafly or somewhere else um, basically is like well what strain is that? And she knows so much about all these strains that she like, it would be like for me, like I have a gluten intolerance. Like it would be like, well, what's in that? Like, is there wheat yeah. in it? Yeah. Then, no, I can't fucking eat it. <laughs> right. And so she's like, she will like only smoke weed from certain farms yeah. because she knows that those farms are like up yeah. to standards as yeah. a bud tender. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I was going to try to research that a bit. Yeah. yeah it's
2: See if that it's helps. Uh, it definitely the, the pesticide thing is very interesting. You know, being a, a processor like we are, that's acquiring material from a lot of different farms. It's something that, you know, we have to be very cautious of. Um, the stupid thing is the state right now doesn't really have any rules or laws around the pesticides besides a list of pesticides that you can use. (laughs) Yeah. If it's not on the list, you can't use it. Um, what we run into though is, a lot of the outdoor farms in particular in Eastern Washington stuff, they're in agricultural areas where there's other industries around them. They can use some really sketchy pesticides at, say, an apple farm or a potato farm. Mm-hmm. Things that maybe it's okay on an apple. And if you eat the pesticide, maybe it's okay.
1: You wash it off before you eat it. Yeah, and you like...
2: wash it off. If there's some there, you're eating it. Yeah. Cannabis, you're smoking it. It's going straight to smoking these pesticides is obviously very dangerous. Mm -hmm. There's certain huffing paint. Yeah, there's a certain pesticide. I think it's mycobutanol. And when it vaporizes and and combusts, part of it turns into cyanide. (laughs) And it's a pesticide that's very, very common in the black market weed world for where people don't test for it and they don't know and they don't care. They say, "Okay, it kills the bugs, that's all we care about. It saved the crop. What I don't care how poisonous it is." Yeah, know? I mean, if your uh, crop
1: goes under, your whole business could go yeah, under. Yeah,
2: exactly. So there's a lot of that, people just trying to save their ass and using stuff they shouldn't use. But the bigger thing is there's a lot of issues with just other industries surrounding ours where there's contamination. Mm-hmm. So we I just recently sent in a pesticide test for some concentrate that we ran for a new farm that we had never worked with before. We always, you know, we have every farm sign basically an indemnity that says, you know, we do not use illegal pesticides. If any are to be found in our, you know, in our product or the product made from them, you know, we're fully responsible for, you know, any costs of recalls, returning product, anything like that, you know, kind of covers our ass. Mm-hmm. Um, to be safe, we obviously still like to test the product for pesticides, even though it's something that's not required yet. There are certain pesticides that you can and cannot use. There are certain limits on the amount of residual pesticides that can or cannot be there, but at this time, there's no real requirement to actually test the product. It's kind of some people do and some people don't. <laughs> um, so with this farm though, we since it was the first time, you know, processing with their material, we had passing pesticide tests on their flour. So the flour was tested and everything was good. Um, we test the oil, however, and the oil fails. The process of extracting the THC, you know, from the cannabis plant also extracts the residual pesticides that are there. So while it may be a amount that's so small that testing the flour, it doesn't show up at all. You concentrate it, you times that concentration by ten. Yeah. yeah all of a sudden it's showing up on a test and it's in a, in a level that's unsafe. And on top of it being an unsafe level, it's a pesticide that's not allowed at all. Mm. So I'm looking <laughs> at this test and I'm saying, shit, okay, so 0.9 ppms of, the, I think it was, I can't even pronounce it. It was like ethoprophos or something like that, you know? So I started doing some research on it. Okay, I find out it's a common pesticide used in potato farms. They use it to kill ringworms. Something that they put, you know, in the soil, uh-huh. and also apply via spraying. Apparently, I look up, you know, on Google Maps. I pull it up. I pull up the farm and where they're located at, and I start zooming out and I start looking at everything that's around them. Start googling the names of the different farms that are in the surrounding area. Oh, what do you think? It's potato farms. There's five potato farms within ten <laughs> miles of this farm.
3: Whoa! What a
2: coincidence that there's potato pesticides showing up in their
1: cannabis. their <laughs> farm was probably a so yeah it's so a I potato call, farm I had to call them up
2: and say hey uh, I'm gonna have a bunch of oil that I'm gonna have to return to you yeah <laughs> are you ready to pay us back because <laughs> you got to take it we can't sell it you know we and the, the shitty thing is that
1: you know they probably found a way to sell it
2: <laughs> they probably did and if we were you know different kinds of people we we could have sold it Mm-hmm. You know, that's, a, that's the shitty thing is that the state doesn't really have anything in place right now that would have stopped us from being able to sell it besides us just being good Having a high level having, of Ethically yeah. Just
0: that whole process that you just described, I feel like his something in his brain perked up of like I want to do all of that I want to like I could just see you loving that whole path that yeah, you went on to sure. figure it out and yep. to deal with it and to yeah. be like no this is our ethos this is what we where we want to go with it and
1: yep. that's the standing kind of stuff I'm interested in big I'm, time I'm in the middle of job searching at consulting companies at the yeah. moment <laughs> so but I'm just like not sure what area of consulting I want to go into just right. like general business management and so hmm. I think I think weed might be some sort of the realm I need to. Because it's stuff you already. I'm so interested in. Yeah, you already read
0: so much and want. You're always thirsty. things or
1: mergers and acquisitions. It's just like. Some retail company. Sales or marketing. (laughs) It's just like. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Nice. Cool. It's magic. Uh, Well, we're just about two hours here. You got anything else you want to ask him? Time flew.
0: Um, I guess I just want to know what maybe your personal goal is. And maybe it's not even business success related. Maybe it's finding some balance. You mentioned working a lot of hours. So I'm <laughs> kind of curious, yeah. like, what, where you see yeah. yourself going with all of this or what your hopes are.
2: Well, I mean, my ultimate goal would be that I help to build, you know, ECC to a point where we're very attractive to another company to acquire us, mm. you know the, this is kind of all working towards the
1: hopefulness of a, a big buyout, you know? So ECC <laughs> is like a mothership bong. <laughs> 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 you're going to buy in early at a really nice high quality product. Yeah. And then when the market's high, you're going to be like, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. And you know, maybe it's a,
2: you know, complete acquisition by another company and we cash out and we sell and we retire, or maybe it's, you know, continuing to, you know, offer our IP and our processes to other companies, you know, treating ECC like a franchisable business, you know, where mm-hmm. there could be an ECC in every state where marijuana is legal. Um,
0: Do you but, have like, would you be willing to divulge if one route or the other is kind of more your, where your heart is tied or are you kind of just staying open to it? I think a
2: combination of the two would mm-hmm. be, would be the sweet spot. But you know, if some company wants to come in and buy us for a hundred million dollars,
3: yeah. I get to walk. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm Bye. cool with that. I can just,
2: you know, start up and do whatever I want after yeah. that.
3: That's <laughs> my question is what would you
1: start up and do if for some reason you got $10 million out payout. of this yeah. payout, what would you do? Like if it obviously money wouldn't be the issue. Yeah. I don't know. It's it, a lot of that
2: comes down to just at that time where mm-hmm. the industry is at, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we could be at a point by then where, you know, it's big business coming in and everybody's going to either go out of business or get cashed out by, you know, Marlboro or, you know, Anheuser-Busch or, <laughs> you know, some of these big Dude, yeah. you know, tobacco crazy.
3: companies
1: that are already, actually happening. Yeah. yeah. I
2: mean, in Canada, there's already been several, you know, companies that have been bought for a couple hundred million dollars. You know, there's lots of publicly traded Companies now on the cannabis market so i mean yeah i can only hope that we can take it to a point like that
1: yeah, yeah it's like the the classic dream i think for people who work at like amazon or microsoft just to like work hard in the industry know all the ins and outs yeah. and then become a consultant yeah <laughs> and you literally just get paid a ridiculous amount of money right. yeah crazy yeah Nice. I dig it. Well, sweet, dude. Thanks so much for coming out. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for bringing the pen. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we're going to try to make this part of a sweet little 420 episode. Nice. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I'm excited to listen to it all over again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, cool. Well, thanks so much, Corbin. We'll see you later. Peace. Peace. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Gravity Lift Podcast with Jordan and Antonella. If you like our show and want to find more, check out our website at gravitylift.space.
0: And when you get a sec, please rate and review us on iTunes to help us spread these vibes far and wide.